Blog Talk Radio. It's a poignant, transcendent journey, riveting and raucous. It's a wild, exhilarating ride. Everybody, fasten your seatbelts. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we Hello and welcome to another edition of HIC Talk Radio. I am, of course, the host, the Dean of Credibility Double D, and you can find me at Folsom County. You can also follow the Twitter, the official Twitter of HIC Talk Radio, at HIAC Talk Radio. Check out the website, that's HIACTalkRadio.com. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher. So check out those things there. Now, before we get started, before I introduce my co-host and everything, I would like to offer an apology to one Harry Barnett. Now, last week, if you downloaded the show, you probably didn't even hear the comment. The trouble with this is that Harry himself did. So I would like to offer an apology publicly to Harry for the comment. I'm not even going to go into the comment because it's been edited. However, the whole basis of this is that he did hear it. He didn't like it. He was upset by it. So, moving right along, I do offer my sincerest of apologies to the great Harry Barnett. Now, moving right along, with me as always is my co-host. He has uh, been here from the very beginning, from the inception of HIAC Talk Radio. He is the above-average comedian, Dan, the man college chico. How are you, Dan? I'm doing fine, and I have terrible hookups right now, so sorry. Uh, follow me on twi- Twitter at TanLaw83, and obey the puck at a Bay Puck show. Hit that mute button, Dan. Now, with me, as always, as well, since probably about June of last year, or two years ago at this point, quite frankly. Now, he is our MMA and wrestling analyst. It is Omega Squad Chris Green, Omega. How are you this fine evening? I am fine today. People can follow me on Twitter at Omega Squad. All right. Now, one thing I do want to make note of is if you go to HIACTalkRadio.com right now, you will see a picture right underneath the iTunes where you can click on that and you will be taken to MMA Warehouse. Now, the good thing is you will be supporting the show if you go there uh, through that link and make a purchase. So please do, if you want to find some gear, if you want to find some uh, official gear from various different companies, such as Affliction and Bad Boy, if you want some gear that the pros wear, if you're in the sport, if you happen to be training and you want some some gear, go there as well. They have some training gloves. They have a lot of good things. So just go to HICTalkRadio.com, click on MMA Warehouse, and... You're there. So, guys, we have a great show. Now, of course, tonight, 
is ladies' night. And I tell you what, ladies' night is always a good thing. Dan. Yes, sir. I'll tell you what, <laughs> ladies' night, Dan. Uh, it, it's always fun to talk to the ladies, get a different angle on things as far as uh, the wrestling business and personal lives. We've always had interesting interviews uh, with our lady guests. That is right. Of course, our guest this evening, she is a bona fide Hall of Famer, Dan. It is, of course, Missy Sampson will be joining us. We're going to catch up with her about PWS. She's the Bombshells champion once again, Dan, getting it back from that dastardly La Rosa Negra. Well, it, she was, it was an attack from behind, and and it was a lot of, um, was it inter- a shoot, was it? Was yeah, I was trying to think of uh, how to phrase that other than just copy what I saw on the internet when it was happening. Uh, was it a shoot? Did it really happen? Was it part of the, but uh, to finally regain the championship uh, was a long time coming, too that- long. That is for sure. Our other guest, she will be joining us in about 90 minutes from now. It is Kimberly, and Kimberly is, of course, a mainstay. She's part of a campaign for a better combat zone, but more than that, she is also in WSU. She is one half of the tag team champions there. Chicks Using Nasty Tactics. Figure that acronym out for yourself. I'm not repeating it. I suggest you don't either. Uh-uh. Now, <laughs> the Chicks Using Nasty Tactics, of course, won the, the title for WSU, but she's also a part of Shine with the Kimber Bombs. So that's a very interesting uh, tag team combination there as well, and I, I personally can't wait to catch up with her. It's been almost two years since we've had Kimberly on the program, Ben. Well, it was, it was one of those interviews we did at the time where I was really taken aback by the worth, the work ethic and uh, how how much she applied, and to see all that she's done, I don't know how she's not bigger in this co- in this uh, business, but it'll be it'll be nice to catch up. Well, now I mean she is getting out there quite more often. I noticed she wrestled in Canada in the past couple oh, hey. of years. I've noticed uh, quite a few things about her career that, frankly, only good things for her. Of course, Omega, we're just minutes away from discussing quite a weekend. UFC as UFC 171 took place. Let me get just your thoughts briefly before we get there about this event. Uh, this was a card that that delivered. Um, if you bought the pay per view, you were you felt pretty good about it, and we did finally crown a new welterweight champion, not named GSP, for the first time in six years. <laughs> yes, yes, it, and it was a good fight, very good fight. Well, we have our differences of opinion on how that victory was... It was a good fight, sir! Are you ready, Omega, to discuss this? I are ready. Like gentlemen, I hope. Don't have to yell. Bully. Taking place at the American Airlines Center in good old Dallas, Texas, 
19,324, with a live gate of 2.6 million, went and saw, as you said, the crowning of a new welterweight champion. We're going to start right off with that fight. Of course, Johnny Hendricks defeated Robbie Lawler by unanimous decision, and it was 48-47 on all three judges' scorecards. I agree with the decision. However, Omega, the ending, those last two minutes, I just I just didn't like it. It didn't sit well with me, sir. don't understand why. Listen, listen. Now, this entire fight there, uh, slinging back and forth for four rounds. First two go to Hendricks. Last two, well, the third and fourth go to Lawler. Tied up going into the fifth. Mm-hmm. Hendricks, at that point, turns it on, comes out ready to win this fight in the fifth, tags him a few times, and then, unfortunately, in my opinion, decided to just play it safe, took him down, and wrapped him up. Do you, do you have a problem with the mixed and mixed martial arts? Listen, pal. <laughs> I'm just asking. Listen, pal. I don't need your your uppityness right now. <laughs> Still... I'm still uh, getting over this, but no, kudos to getting him in that position uh, to secure the takedown. But I I felt once he got the takedown that he figured he won that round. and I just don't see a, especially after the last two fights for Hendricks, I don't see that killer potential that he once had, that knockout power. Uh, I, I think he's just playing it safe now, and I, I don't know if this is a good thing for his career. Your thoughts on the fight? I'm not taking anything away from that fight. The first, I, I would say, the third and fourth rounds were very good. Uh, the first round could have went either way, quite frankly. Uh, third and fourth, I, I really did enjoy. Fifth round, I, I think the look on Lawler's face wraps it up when he when he was down and he he was just exhausted. He couldn't get back up. And that look on his face, like, oh, he's he's going to win it this way. That's how I felt. I'm not sure. Obviously, you feel differently. Yeah. Uh, actually, I do feel feel differently. This was probably one of my favorite fights in recent memory. Oh. No, and, I, and I'm serious about this. Now, you, you, you get two guys who who stood in front of each other for 23 minutes and, and just slung leather. Um... They were going back and forth, landing shots. Lawler was landing shots. Hendricks was landing shots. And there was a great storyline that progressed through the entire fight. The first fight was, the first two rounds were Hendricks. Hendricks controlling the action, landing more shots, um, really looking like the guy who was denied his title uh, in the last outing against GS, GSP. And then you, then you have Lawler, the, the, the veteran, the longtime fighter, in a Rocky-esque comeback in rounds three and four, really laying it on and giving Hendricks a beating, bloodying him up, mm. um, really tagging Hendricks. And then finally in the fifth round, Hendricks dug deep, and, and, and I use this, this, this phrase on Twitter, he seized the moment. He seized the round, and he seized the UFC welterweight title. I thought it was a great fight from start to finish. I agree completely with the, the judges on the scoring. Uh, I don't really get the controversy, the, the minor controversy that saying Lawler got robbed. He didn't get robbed. It was a close. It, it was a close fight. But I wouldn't it was say not, that he... it was not a. It was not a not clear cut victory for Hendricks. I think the rounds were one two Hendricks, 
three four Lawler and five was clearly Hendricks. I think it was a clear victory for Johnny Hendricks. I, I I'm not taking anything away from the victory. I just don't like the method of victory, if that makes sense. I, I I'm saying Hendricks won, but once he got that takedown, he wasn't busy. He didn't. He just secured it. And hey, you know if that. Well, I mean, both guys were exhausted. I mean, Lawler was exhausted. You said it yourself. Hendricks Hendricks is a wrestler. He, he's an NCAA champion wrestler. When when things get tough, he's going to go to his to his base. And I think that's he did what he needed to do. And I and that's that, I mean, I, I mean, going for that in the last two minutes of, of a twenty five minute fight. I mean, I, I I don't see that. I don't see how that tarnishes a fight at all. I mean, this was. I'm not saying it tarnishes it either. I, I think just, you're implying it, it. You're implying it was a disappointing finale. It was, in my view. I disagree, I, would have ra- I disagree vehemently. I would have rather seen it and them continuing to sling the leather instead of him relying on a takedown to well, secure I mean, the victory. That's I mean, all I'm saying. The start of the fifth round, Lawler was slowing down very noticeably. Well, considerably, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think you weren't going to get it, is what I'm saying. Did so. you think that Bonner and Griffin could go 15 minutes at that pace that they set and arguably one of the greatest fights ever? Well, I'm not saying I did, but I mean that was also 15 minutes, and I've watched a hell of a lot more of mixed martial arts since then. Well, so have I. But <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> I mean, moving right along. What your point is, I guess. Just knock it off, you. <laughs> I'm not saying it tarnishes it. I just don't like the particular method of grabbing well, the guy I, and holding on to him. I, I, yeah, I get, I get it. I get it, but I just, I just don't see the I don't see the disappointment. It was disappointing after 23 minutes, as you even said. Fine. Can you at least just see my point? I'm I, not asking you to agree with my point. I, under, I, understand, my point. I understand your position. Even if it's wrong. Even if it's wrong, exactly. Now, moving on, there was another welterweight fight in the co-main event. It was Tyrone Woodley, who is a beast these days, defeating Carlos Condit. We have another controversy because, oh, he... Tore his ACL. Carlos Condit. Woodley actually didn't win. Some people are saying. I think it was a tremendous performance. He wins by TKO. By knee injury. I frankly think it was a leg kick that said it all. But whatever. Whatever the no, case may be. He kicked the wrong leg. <laughs> but mean, the yeah. kick was so strong, Omega. It just tore the other ACL out. But anyway. It was uh, two minutes. Fine. Two minutes into <laughs> the second round. But no. Are you going to take anything away from that victory? No, I'm not taking anything away from, from I'm not taking anything away from the victory. He de- definitely won the fight. He did what he had to do to win, and if if it ended up injuring Carlos Condit, he deserves the victory. That being said, I don't know if that means he deserves a title shot. Oh, you're one of those. I am one of those. I mean, why, I, why why are you going the Joe Rogan route? You would rather see good old boring whatever his name is, Roy McDonald. Yeah, you'd rather see that. Uh, I don't know if I'd rather see that, but what what I noticed in that fight was certainly certainly Woodley came out and won the first round clearly. Yes. Was landing some very hard shots to Condit, and Condit was was having to eat a, a bunch of very large punches, um, and and, and uh. You know, and having to come up from his work off his back when Woodley took him down. Uh, certainly, Woodley won that fight, won that round. It, at the beginning of round two, I, I noticed that Woodley appeared to be starting to slow down 
and I thought I saw the momentum start to shift Condit's way. And then Woodley landed the takedown, and that's when Condit hurt his leg. Um, it, so I, 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 while Car- Carlos Condit, I, I think if the fight had progressed, I do believe, and, I, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you that I'm a Carlos Condit fan, so I may have a little bias, but I think that Carlos could have turned the fight around. We've seen him do that in previous fights. Um, where he's turned it on in in the second and third rounds and pulled out the victory. Um, in this case, I mean, he obviously the leg kick from Woodley to his other leg just spun him around, and when Carlos tried to plant his other foot, uh, just the ACL gave out. And, and fine, Tyron Woodley wins. Absolutely. Like I said, I just don't know if he, he deserves a title shot. Does he deserve a title shot over Rory McDonald? No, I don't really think that's the case. I... Certainly, do. I don't. I, think, I don't know. I don't even know if he deserves a, a title shot over Robbie Lawler. What you think? A immediate, immediate rematch here between? No, I don't. I don't think it needs an immediate rematch. I think Rory McDonald's next in line. But um, I don't get Rory if, McDonald. He had one good fight. He 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 fought. You never know what Damian Maya you're going to get. So he beats Maya. Whoop de do. I I don't get it. I don't get why. He he's been fairly dominant in all his fights except for that one loss. I don't get it. If you talk about fairly dominant, you're talking about Tyrone Woodley. He's the future of this division, quite frankly. Mm. A new prototype. And this is a guy who hated him. I I yeah, I, I know I know where you're going. Um I would like to see where he goes. Uh he's you know, okay, so he beat yeah, let, let's let's get him outside the fir- outside the first or second round now because the last time he went to the third round, he lost a split decision to Jake Shields. Oh, Jake Shields. Previous to that, he lost. Previous to that, he, when he went to the third and fourth round, he lost to Nate Marquardt. I mean, when let what what does what will he do now? He's got. I mean, he, look at that guy. He's big. He's muscular. Um, what's his cardio going to be like in the second and third rounds? I don't know. And, and is that enough to say that he doesn't get a title shot? No, because I don't make those decisions. But I don't think he gets a, a jump over Rory McDonald, who just beat Robbie Lawler, who who lost to Robbie Lawler, sure, but he beat Damian Mayan. He's he's beat a beat Jake Ellenberger and BJ Penn. Um, he he is the next in line in my view. Fine. I mean, but if it ends up being Tyron Woodley, I mean, I'm not going to argue that. I mean, certainly he's he's ranked up there, and he should be up there. I agree with that. But Have the new ratings come out? I didn't have a chance to look. New ranking is out, yes. Um, Tyron Woodley is now number four. Who's above him right now? Carlos Condit uh, drops from one to three. So I don't know, really understand why Carlos is above Tyron in this case. So call Tyron three in, in my book. But Robbie Lawler and Rory McDonald are above him right now. Do you make the fight Roy McDonald, Tyrone Woodley make that an official? You might want, you might have to because Johnny Hendricks has an injury. So that makes a little bit of sense to give, to make that fight. And give Hendricks time to heal from his injuries. Yeah. I can, I can go with that. Yeah. I think, I think uh, he tore his bicep or something. Holy cow. Lombard went up six spots here. And I don't know why. But we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> uh, before we get there, we had a lightweight contest. Miles Drury, unanimous winner, 30-27 for two judges, 29-28 from the third. I actually had to score 29-28 for Sanchez. I felt he was more aggressive in the first round. I 
thought he did enough in the second round despite getting bloodied. He has so much scar tissue, it's going to happen, and I think that had a negative effect on the judge's opinion. I know you scored at 30-27. The thing I didn't like about Jury is he was he he played that elusive game. Very elusive, and I guess if it works, it works. But yeah, yeah, I didn't can... impress on my didn't didn't impress me. I mean, Diego at this point in his career, he's more of a gatekeeper. He's another Guida. So, what can you say about him? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think Jury looked fine. He looked skilled. He looked uh, like he fought a smart fight. He he landed more shots on on Sanchez. Didn't allow Sanchez to to get an advantage at any point in the fight. And I think that was the deciding factor. I think he controlled the cage. He landed more sh- strikes and, and basically nullified Sanchez's crazy zombie uh, action. There, you know, I I I don't I didn't give Sanchez any any of the rounds. I thought you know again Sanchez is, is a guy who doesn't have any kind of quit in him, but he was clearly at class in this fight. And I think Jury decisively won this fight. I don't, all say, I, I, I don't see how he was at class if. I, I don't know. If you can't hit the guy, you're outclassed. I, I don't get it. Ugh. Anyway, moving on. Something I was happy about. Hector Lombard did defeat Jake Shields. Not happy necessarily with the fight, but happy that Jake Shields lost. 30-27 by two judges, 29-28 by one crazy judge who saw the takedown at the end and the guillotine attempt was enough to yeah, secure that, was, that round. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> but... Uh, Lombard looked really good in the first round, and then he was just happy to throw him around. I thought it was great though how Lombard would like just pick him up and throw him. The, the judo was was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, he was he was really throwing Shields around and, and making Shields look amateurish. Um, that being said, he didn't do much when he got there. Um, it, you know, it, it, it wasn't exactly lay and pray, but it wasn't. Exciting. Um, it well, was a Jake Shields fight, though. But it wasn't Jake Shields. Lombard was, Jake was on Shields top. Doing, yeah, I know. I know, you know? that. But. If, if it was Jake Shields on top doing that, we would have said, well, that's Jake Shields. But Jake Shields was on his back pretty much the entire fight. Um, and These things happen, Omega, sometimes. You, you use the other guy's strength against them, I suppose. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess. Lombard is very strong, though. We can say that much. Oh, absolutely Lombard is strong, but that's why he should be knocking guys out, and he has knocked out guys in the past. Do you think but, he was just playing it safe? I don't know. Um, I don't. I really don't know. I, I'm, I'm as confused as anybody as to why he didn't... I think he tried in the first. Thing. I think he d- was trying in the first to tag him with some shots, and he did certainly uh, get a few through. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he was he looked okay in the first. I don't know if it was cardio that that come came into play. It didn't really look like it, um, but I mean, he just didn't do anything that was exciting or or really tells me that you know it doesn't tell me much of anything. I don't really feel much different about Lombard than I did before, other than I'm a little bit questionable about his heart and about his aggressiveness, and that really shouldn't be from a guy who's submitted in TKO, guys. I really don't understand that. Um, the fact that he flew up the rankings as high as he did is is mind-boggling after that performance. Certainly, he's he deserves to be in middle of the, of the top ten. I agree, but to put him over Matt Brown, I, I'm not sure I, I buy that. Um, well, Brown does have a fight coming up now. Jake Shields, likewise, conversely, did plummet from number six down to number eleven. So, 
Yeah, as he sh- as he should. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm, I am not sold on Hector Lombard. I know I know Hector is sold on Hector Lombard. Um, but I, don't, I certainly don't think. I mean, you got two guys here in Tyron Woodley and Hector Lombard that are that are calling for title shots, and I'm not sure I want to pick either one of those guys right now. Now in the final, well, in the first fight actually, first fight of the pay per view, we had Ovin Saint Prue defeating Nikita Krylov. Krylov, of course, was a heavyweight, a very small in stature heavyweight, moving down. This was his debut to light heavyweight, but he fell asleep with a wonderful fine flu choke, rarely seen a side-controlled choke, using your shoulder, really, to put the guy out. He won it with 129, and my first viewing, I didn't even know what happened. I believe it was OSP who said, he's out. To which Mergliatis went, oh, yeah, he is. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure if, if, <laughs> if it was OSP that said he was out or, or Mergliatis just kind of finally figured it out. It was somebody screams it, he's out. I'm not sure if it's this corner. Uh, oh, I thought it was Mergliata. He did. He, like, there's somebody who says it first, and then Mergliata reacts, and he goes, he's out, he's out, he's out, as he's waving it off. Oh, okay. So okay, there I, is I, somebody I first. That, there's somebody first, because I had to go back and watch it. I, I was, who, what happened here? Because the replay just showed, I, I wanted like the full reaction to it uh, as it played out. So uh, an amazing, the Von Flew choke, explain the Von Flew choke for people. I, I kind of attempted to there, but a wonderful, uh, I, a wonderful submission. Yeah, it's it's basically, uh, and I don't know, if, I can't really describe it either very well, but as you said, you use, you're using more of your shoulder pressed up against the neck with uh, your, as opposed to your to your forearm or your or your elbow and your arms are clasped yeah uh, against on the on the opposite side it looks like the, 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 in the a key, side control position yeah, which is the, amazing the key is what is, is 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 what happens is the opponent tries to keep tries to hold on to a guillotine yes um and and the opponent so he doesn't let go of the guillotine as you go down and and if you're what as long as you're in side control and, and the opponent still has his arm wrapped around your neck, you can use that arm and your shoulder and just clasp your hands and, and just press. It looks almost looks like you're pressing like straight on the neck, um, and, and you get the choke that way. Um, I don't know the exact anatomy, per se. Um, that's not my expertise, but um, it, it, it's very rarely used because most people don't hold on to the guillotine, and that's, that's what happened. Yes, uh, but impressive victory nonetheless. For OSP, where do you see OSP fitting into the light heavyweight division at this point? You know, I mean, I I think that he's he's making his way up. I think I, I he's not ranked yet, um, so um, I think he really needs to needs a step up in competition, but not too much of a step up. Um, maybe, maybe James Tahuna. Maybe James Tahuna or or a Jimmy Manoa type type in person might be. Manawa, that would be an interesting. Fight. You know, you, you need to you need to challenge him, but you don't want to you don't want to throw him up against the elite talent yet. I don't think he's there yet, and I think he realizes that too. He's taken a very very cautious approach to his career since Strikeforce, and I think that's good for him because he's still learning, and you can see that every time he looks like he he looks like he's definitely improving as as he goes along. Yeah, winner of his last four, and he only has one defeat in the last four years to Gegard Mousasi. Yeah, and that, and that's elite competition. That's when Strikeforce was making uh, moves to be a contender to USC before Zufa said, "Hey, wait a second, we're we're going to buy that out." 
Sorry, Coker. Yeah. We're, we're, uh, we can't have this competition on Showtime, pal. But uh, nonetheless, he I think he, he really could be uh, the future. He, he's running out of time, though, because he is an older fighter, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I believe he's yeah, 30 right now. He came to it late. Um, it's... I don't know. I don't know if I would say he was running out of time. I mean, certainly everybody's running out of time, but he doesn't show any signs of of being beat down or anything like that. Oh, certainly not. Um, so certainly it's not. it's hard to say. I mean, you know, you're not saying he's going to be the next Randy Couture or Dan Henderson and go into his 40s, but certainly he's got some time to pick up a few more fights before he, if assuming he keeps winning and and will challenge for a title, um, he's got a few more fights to get there, and I think he's got that time, and I think he needs that time. Anything on the preliminary card that you wanted to bring up? Um, I thought the, the Kevin Gastelum Rick Story fight was a good fight. Um, Gastelum did win that fight via split decision, and I, and I think I saw it the same way. Um, the the Raquel Pennington and Jessica Andrade uh, fight, uh, it, it was a good competitive fight. I just I don't know. Raquel Pennington doesn't seem to use her size very well and was, wasn't able to, to keep Jessica Andrade out. Um, outside and, and and use her reach advantage uh, that she had to to affect to be effective, uh, only pulling out that one last round. Uh, that's that's a momentum killer for Raquel Pennington, but a definitely uh, a needed a needed win for Jessica Andrade. Who you know I I, I looked at her. She kind of looks like a, a mini cyborg. She has a very similar style. Um, not quite so crazy, but certainly that winging punches and and just being aggressive style, it's very similar. And Dennis Bremen has looked really good uh, in a dominating victory versus Jim Hedis. I thought that was really good. So. All right, so that was UFC 171. Now the bonuses, fight of the night, unquestionably was Johnny Hendricks versus Robbie Lawler. Performance of the night went to OSP for that wonderful, wonderful submission, and Dennis Bermudez picked it up with the TKO. So it looks like they're still giving out knockout and, and submission of the night, but just under a different name. Yeah. Uh, and they picked up $50,000 bonuses for their troubles. So that, that that wraps up UFC 171. Now we're going to talk about the next event coming up soon. Uh, we're going to talk about that after our next guest. Because, Dan. Yes, sir. It's oh, ladies yeah. night, Dan. It's ladies night. And our guest coming on in just a few moments, is, of course, Missy Sampson. Now, Missy Sampson has always been a wonderful friend to the show. Yeah, very nice to us, and she had no reason to be, but she's always been very nice to us. And you never know, you said it earlier, you never know who's going to call in when Missy Sampson's on the air. It's true, the number is put out there. Of course, it is 718-664-9133. If you would like to ask Missy a question, we're going to catch up with her on PWS. She was actually in the ECWA women's title final against Jesse K. We're going to, it's been a while since we had Missy on. So it is ladies night, Dan. And I'll tell you what, I can't wait to have her on after this. It's Missy Sampson, Dan.
joining us at this time. It is when she decides to call it a career. She will be a Hall of Famer. It is none other than Missy Sampson and the current reigning PWS Bombshells champion. Missy, how the hell are you tonight? Hello, gentlemen. That was one heck of a build-up. Thank you. I think I'm blushing a little bit. I hope so. Now the first question is a very important one, Missy. Who else is going to call in? I have no idea. A lot of pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Who? Not who, but what was for dinner tonight at the household? Oh, I ordered out. I had chicken francais because I got home really late, and Keikoa had already eaten, so I ordered out. He didn't have dinner waiting for you? Uh, he's my roommate. Not it's not like he's my husband. It's not like I'm oh, like, no. yeah, I'll be home late. Like, have dinner. Oh. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some nights I come home and miraculously dinner is waiting for me. Okay. Um, it's always a pleasant surprise. I mean, he is a chef, but you know when he's not a wrestler, he's a chef. Um, <laughs> but no, tonight uh, I got I got home extra late, so I just ordered myself something to eat. I just got done eating actually. Now, the first thing I did want to bring up in, on a serious note was let's go back to October of this year. ECWA decided to finally have a women's championship. You and Jesse Kay were in that match. Uh, it was at the YMCA in Carney's Point. Just talk about that match and what it meant to you to be in the finals for a first-ever well, championship for ECWA. Actually, just to correct you, the championship match was uh, in at the Boys and Girls Club in Delaware. Was it? We, me and yes, Jesse had wrestled one time prior at Corny's Point. Okay, so that was set up in October. Yes, yes. I'm looking now. You are correct. I would hope you know your I'm always correct. Come on. It was the 46th anniversary show in September. So how did that feel, being... At the 46th anniversary show, number one, wrestling for a championship, two, and to be selected to fill that vacancy. Uh, one, um, it's nice to be at all the shows I go to. It's nice to just, just be able to go to a show. Two, uh, you know, I mean, it was a huge honor. I mean, ECW's been around for, God, for years. Um, you know, so for them, you know, and back years ago, they never they didn't use women. There were no women's matches on ECWA shows. So, finally, you know, coming in and, and having some women's matches and then them deciding that, um, you know, they were going to crown a women's champion. And then, you know, then they had a decision about, you know, who are the two people that you want in that ring to decide who your first ever women's champion is. You know, and, and I was honored that, you know, that they picked myself and Jesse Kay. How'd that match go over? Did the fans, because sometimes that, that crowd can be a little uh, difficult to judge, was it a hot crowd um, for that match? Yeah. Uh, the crowd was very much into that match. I've, you know, spe- speaking of the ECWA crowd, I mean, I've obviously been in attendance, and I'm not knocking the other women uh, who have worked for the company by a long shot. Um, but I've been at ECWA shows when, you know, when I was not the performer in the ring, when there were other girls in the, in the ring wrestling, and, you know, and the crowd doesn't make a lot of noise. And I've always said that the two matches I've had for ECWA, I, I've always said, Regardless of how I feel that the match inside the ring goes, I will feel that I've done my job if I can get that crowd to make noise while I'm in that ring. And by the grace of God, uh, and and an exceptionally talented partner in that ring that I've had both times, uh, both of the matches that I've had for ECWA, that crowd has been into, and you know they, they weren't sitting on their hands, they weren't silent, 
they were actively participating in the match. So that's you know that's the most I asked for. Now, did you hear about the ECWA crowning a women's champion before your name was even thrown in there, or did, is this something you knew about way no. before it was announced? Uh, I I had heard that they were considering uh, uh, getting a, a women's championship. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't take a lot of outside bookings. Um, right now, I'm, I'm pretty much strictly working for. Uh, Pro Wrestling Syndicate in New Jersey, PWS, and their all-female company, Bombshell Ladies of Wrestling. Um, but I had heard ECWA was talking about um, getting, uh, crowning a woman's champion. Uh, was unfamiliar with the way the format of the match was going to go. Uh, I had originally actually heard that it was going to be a four-way. They were going to pick four girls um, and have a four-way women's match for the belt. Um, don't know what happened to that idea, uh, but it was well. It, it was a little while after I heard that they were even considering crowning one that I had been approached by Joe and Mike, and uh, and asked if if I wanted to participate in the match, um, and I agreed to. And uh, it was funny because I had heard the entire four way concept prior when they you know when they asked me. Obviously, I was I was honored to do it. Um, but I honestly thought going in that it was still going to be a four-way until they announced it was just me and Jesse K one-on-one. Now, you knew going in, I have to rephrase this a little bit, you knew going in that um, there was no title to be won, or is that something, do you even entertain that thought when you're asked to do something like that? Totally not sure I understand the question. You knew there was going to be... You knew I I had to rephrase it on the fly, so sorry. <laughs> All right, um, you knew the match. I, I knew I, I knew I was I knew I was being booked to be in the match that would decide the first ECWA Women's Champion. Gotcha. Okay, I gotcha. Is that, you, was that the question? That was the first half. So thank okay. you for getting that clear for me. The second half was: <laughs> Do you ever retain in your head? Did you ever entertain in your head? Hey, I'm going to be the first champion, or did that even cross your mind? Um, you know, it crossed my mind that I that I could be the first ECW Women's Champion, and and what an honor uh, that would be. Um, you know, but it was just an honor to even be asked. Hmm. I mean, of all the all the women that ECW has brought in to wrestle in the past year and a half, coming up to that match, you know, I mean, they had a relatively large pool to choose from. Right. Uh, you know, there wasn't just, you know, three or four girls that they had brought in. I mean, they had brought in a, a whole handful of girls at some point during that year and a half coming up. And, uh, you know, so to be one of the two that they asked, to, hey, we're going to decide, you know, who the, you know, who our first ever woman champion is, you know, it's you or you. And to be one of those two choices when they had such an array of girl, you know, women to choose from it was certainly an honor. But in those situations, I certainly don't let it um, envelop my mind that, you know, this is a title match. I mean, I look at most of my matches the same way, whether there's a title on the line or not, I'm going in there to win. Right. Now, getting back to PWS, of course, you were the first ever Bombshell champion winning it in a tournament. I but lost. you lost 
you lost the title in kind of a controversial fashion. Was it a shoot? People don't know. It was very realistic nonetheless. But La Rosa Negra, she did defeat you, was mm-hmm. the champion for a little while. Let's talk about that moment, though, when she came and just blasted over you and rained down punches. It was kind of hard to watch. Uh, you know, I think anybody that's closest to me that watches that, I mean, when you watch it, if you know me and you watch the video, I think you have a whole different perspective than just somebody who just watches that video. Because if you know me, you can watch that video and just see that, I, like, I, I'm I'm slightly amused, but kind of shocked by what's going on. Did I, did I not swing back? That's right, I, I, I didn't swing back. Um, which is why the match was stopped and then she was awarded my title. Did she pin me? No. Did she make me tap out? No. Uh, did she knock me out? No. Um, you know, but even some of my closest friends watched that and they were like, at any minute, Missy, you just could have fucking thrown her off you. She weighs 30 pounds. Like, (laughs) she's so much smaller than you. And I said, yeah. I said, I was actually kind of slightly amused and taken by surprise at what was happening. So... I mean, that's the situation from there. And trust me, it, you know, it, it was harder on me, you know, the, the next morning, later that night and the next morning, uh, you know, when I got home and washed the makeup off my face, and I had actually posted a picture of it, but, I mean, she had lumped up the whole left side of my face. Mm-hmm. I mean, my mm-hmm. lower left jaw was swollen. Uh, my cheekbone was swollen out. My eyebrow was black and blue. I had a black eye. That was all swollen out. Yeah, definitely there. It did, it, I'm just not sure. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that you recovered, though. Now, I'm looking at your matches here. You worked as Big Van Missy with Joey Janela in a tag match for for Sports Fest. Now, my first question is, Joey Janela, how do you... He's really a, a guy that the package is starting to come together. Do you agree with that? Next question. Uh, <laughs> oh, I... Okay. Never... I forgot. Uh, but anyway, anyway. Yeah, I uh, mean, I mean, I could, I could answer that question honestly, and it's probably going to serve some shit. You want my honest answer about Joey Janela? Yeah, I, I totally forgot. <laughs> but when you said that okay. question, I, I certainly do remember. Okay, no, here you go. You want, you want, you want your honest answer? Here you go. If okay. the kid was as good in the ring as he was at running his fucking mouth, <laughs> he'd be a lot further in his career. Well, there you have it. I love from, you, Missy. From uh, eventual Hall of Famer, Missy Sampson. Uh, hey, you know, that we we enjoy honesty here. Sometimes honesty does, in fact, hurt. And you, but, and you guys know that that's all you're ever going to get from me, so. That is true. That is very true. Now, I would like to talk about a PWS show. The Backseat Girls did get back together. Annie Social and yourself, you defeated Amazing Kong, and for people that don't know, that was Karma in WWE, mm-hmm. and La, La, uh, La Rosa Negra. So that match, just uh, the atmosphere, what was it like getting in uh, that match? Uh, that match was actually uh, put together by the Bombshells Commissioner Vinny Finucci. Um, it, it was another attempt by him to have me taken out, is what it was. Uh, you know, and, and, and to tease me and tease the fans, the stipulation became, it was elimination tag match. And if myself and Annie won, I got another title shot at my title from La Rosa. 
Um, unfortunately, in the midst of that tag match, uh, Annie got eliminated first, which left me down to La, uh, La Rosa and uh, uh, Amazing Kong Karma uh, all by myself. And I somehow pulled out, squeaked out a, a roll-up pin over Amazing Kong, and then you know, and then beat La Rosa in that match back-to-back falls. Hmm. Well, there you go. Go ahead, Dan. Dan, you were on deck, Dan. Dan, I guess he is not taking it away. But finally, what happened? You you did win back the Bombshells Championship from La Rosenegra. And as you said, what's it like regaining that championship that you never, in my view, you never lost? Well, that was a lot of the fans' view, too. I, I, I won it back two Bombshell shows ago. Uh, we were scheduled. It was, my, it was my final attempt to get the belt back. Uh, the commissioner had made it a best two out of three falls. Uh, you know, I give a lot of credit to La Rosa Negra as a wrestler. She is phenomenal in the ring. Phenomenal. She's somebody who um, I feel when I get in the ring with them, she makes me work. <laughs> um, I can never phone it in when I'm in the ring with her. She pushes me and she makes me work. Um, and she makes me work hard for everything. Um, you know, I, I, by the grace of God, pulled out, um, you know, uh, it, you know, two pinfalls in that match to get my belt back. Same token, it happened to be the same night as the PWS Bombshells Majestic Championship Tournament, which La Rosa then went three more rounds in and won. So, Oh, you were finished. I thought you took the break for a cough and then we're finishing up. I'm sorry. Oh, no, sorry. That's okay. No, that's... Go so ahead, th- then you had to uh, defend that that title against not one, but two opponents. Now, of course, we had La Rosa Negra, but then you also had Angelina Love in that match. And on top of that... Oh, the three-way were... that was supposed to be a four-way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on top of that, you had a special referee. Take us through that one. Uh, okay, so uh, in the match where I won my title back, the two out of three falls match, uh, La Rosa actually cracked one of my ribs Ooh. Um, on my right side. Yeah, I, I ended up. I while we were at the show, I thought I knew I cracked a rib. I thought it was two. Two days later, I had it X-rayed. It was just one. Um, but while we were at the show, I mean, it had already been announced that it, for the following PWS show that it was going to be Angelina Love versus La Rosa Negra. And if La Rosa had retained the belt, it would have been a title shot. Um, of course, when I won the belt, that was off the table. And um, when La Rosa won the Majestic title, they were like, well, it'll just be a Majestic championship. And I was kind of really irritated that I had a broken rib. <laughs> so they gave me the option. They said, look, Mickey James is going to be there. You know, we'll get her agreed to do the match. If you want to do the match, we'll make it a four-way, both titles online. And I said, where do I sign? <laughs> mm. So I signed up for that and then, uh, you know, was super excited to do it. It was actually the first main PWX show I, I got to wrestle on. And uh was super excited for it. You know, they draw crowds in upward of, you know, around 1,000 people every show. Uh, you know, so I knew it was going to be, you know, a huge, a huge match for me. Uh, you know, the stipulation being that in order for somebody to, to get the bombshells heavyweight title, I had to be pinned, 
or for them to get the Majestic title, La Rosa had to be pinned. So it wasn't until we got to the show that I even found out that, unfortunately, Mickey wasn't medically cleared to wrestle, so it had to be a three-way. So we went out and did the three-way with Mickey as our special guest ref, and I've known Mickey for years, and I hadn't seen Mickey in probably a good 12 years. And um, I love and adore that girl. And she was fantastic to be in there with, uh, to have her ref. Um, if you get to see the, you know, the video when she's patting me down in the beginning of the match, like me and her are looking at each other, cracking jokes with each other. Um, but I, you know, I'll go on record as saying that three way was as was my favorite match I've ever done. Really? Wow. Yeah. So this, oh yeah. This far into your career, that's a match that really stands the test of time with you. That's your favorite. Yeah. That that match was. I was so nervous going into that match and uh and i walked back so happy from that match and it it didn't hurt and i'll tell you something somebody else made me tell but not a lot of people know this i've known new jack since i was 16 years old uh since i started training since before i started training to wrestle in all those years new jack had never seen me wrestle um new jack was at the show and he was all giddy and excited he goes i'm finally gonna get to see wrestle and he was telling the owner, you know, Eric, he's like, oh, I've known this, this girl since she was 16. I've never seen her wrestle. I can't wait. And he was sitting right next to the entranceway where we go out prior to the match. So he was, like, sitting there, and he kept, like, giving me these looks right before I went out. So he was making me really nervous. So I loved the match. Uh, and I get to the back, and I was very proud of myself, and I think we did a phenomenal job. And I get to the back, and I, you know, thank the girls. And I'm standing there, and I look over, and I see Jack sitting there with a smirk on his face. So I start to walk over to him, and I go, should I go burn my boots now? And he starts laughing. He's like, no, get over here. He goes, I sat here praying that you would give me something I could shit on. Just anything, just something. He goes, and God damn it, you didn't. He goes, it was great. Wow. High praise there. Go ahead, Dan. I was going to say, that's that's a heck of a compliment coming from New Jack. Uh, yeah, and, and New Jack said to me, he goes, New Jack said to me, he goes, Missy, he goes, I shit on myself. He goes, imagine what I do to you. He goes, if it was, if there was anything wrong with that, he goes, I'd tell you. And I said, I know you would. <laughs> something very interesting um, you touched upon earlier and something I was wondering while looking through your career. Uh, right now you're working for PWS exclusively. Is this something that's by choice, by contract, or do you... Are you trying to go back out to other companies? It's my choice. Um, I'm I'm not contractually obligated. Uh, there's nothing in writing um, between myself and uh, and PWF. Um, yeah, so yeah, so it's not. I mean, I can work wherever I want. Uh. Um, it, you know, it's definitely a, a, a choice for me. You know, at this point, you know, I'm I'm you know I've been doing this for over 18 years. Um. I can't I can't wrestle three times every weekend like I used to. Uh, my body won't hold up, you know. I mean, I can get in the ring and go, um, you know, but doing it on a more frequent basis, you know, my body kind of can't hold up. You know, I, I've had a bunch of really serious injuries in my career. You know, couple that with the fact that I had heart surgery in 2009. Oh. Um, yeah, I had heart surgery in 2009. And, uh, you know, I can't I can't maintain a full schedule. So I'm, you know, I'm I'm happy at PWS. Um, I'm at every PWS show, whether I'm I'm wrestling on the show. Uh, if I'm not wrestling on the show, you know, the fans 
can see me. I do everything from work the front door to run the locker room to run around. Um, so I'm, I, you know, I'm paid to be at every PWS show. Um, you know, I'm taken care of. I'm treated with respect to PWS. Uh, my opinions and my input are valued and listened to. Uh, you know, I'm paid well. Um, so for me right now, I mean, I'm happy where I am. PWS is yeah. my home. Uh, you know, that locker room is my family. And, uh, and I'm happy where I am. You know, would I take an outside booking? Sure, but I'm not driving six hours for 50 bucks. That's not happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> you pay for gas, then you're, you're back where you started by the time you get home. Exactly. Um, I'm not doing that anymore. So, so you have no regrets at this point after this long of a career? No. Mm, that's great. I think, I, think the only, I think the only regrets that I have would, would stem... If I could go tell my 16-year-old self what I know now... Are there things I would have done differently? Absolutely. In my career? Absolutely. Um, I probably would have worked out harder, maintained a better diet to stay in better shape, um, and tried to go different places more than what I did. But looking back on the past, you know, 18-plus years of, of doing what was my dream as a child, do I have – am I happy? I sure am. That's great. That's that's something. There's been a couple of people that have come on the show, and that's something that uh, you know, I hope to look back at, at at a certain age and be as happy as 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 you are at that situation. Um, I just thought of another question. You mentioned the heart surgery. I, I don't want to go into the personal aspects. Of oh, that, you can but, ask me whatever you want. Go ahead. Okay. Well, then now it's a two-parter. What was <laughs> what happened? Uh-huh. What happened to get the surgery? What was the issue? That's the first one. I um I was I was having cardiac what we what we called cardiac episodes, um, where I would feel almost like somebody punched me in the heart and then my heart would start to race. Ooh. It had been going on for years. Uh, when I first saw a doctor about it, he tried to tell me it was my caffeine intake. Huh. At the time, I was a huge uh, Mountain Dew drinker. I didn't drink coffee. I was a huge Mountain Dew drinker. So I literally stopped drinking Mountain Dew. I haven't had a sip of Mountain Dew since. But I was still getting them. And when they first started, like, I would feel it. It would be over in, like, two, three minutes. Then the episodes started getting longer and longer. And um, one episode in particular occurred. I woke up with it. I woke up in the morning. I woke up, and it was already going on. I was like, oh, and I like had woken up late from work, and I was like, I have to get ready for work. I have to get in the shower. So I got in. A sh- I showered while this was going on. Jesus. Get out of the shower. Go back into my room. Look at my clock, and now realize this is now going on for a half an hour. It's the longest it had ever gone on. And I'm looking like, laying on one corner of my bed is my work pants. On the other corner is sweatpants. And I'm like, either I get dressed for work and go to work, and this will stop. Or I put on sweatpants and go to the hospital. The hospital at the time happened to be on the same street that I live on, four blocks up the street. And at the time, the late, great Trent Acid was living with me. God rest his oh, beautiful wow. soul. Yeah. And he was asleep in the other room. So I said, it's never lasted this long. I should probably go to the hospital. Threw my sweats on, went into the living room. At this point, because it had been going on for a half an hour, I was having trouble breathing. Mm. Which was leading to me having trouble talking. Well, Trent was asleep. And when Trent was asleep, he was hard to get up. 
So yeah. after trying to call his name and get him up for about a minute, I was like, forget it. I jumped in my car. I drove up to the hospital. Uh, I walked in, explained the situation to them. I said, at this point, it's now been going on for 40 minutes. <clears throat> I was immediately rushed into a room right there, uh, pretty much thrown onto a bed while my clothes were being ripped off and heart monitors were being smacked to my chest. Yeah. Uh, within three minutes, I had been ushered in the front, of, front door of this room and was being run in a gurney out the back door down the hall. Uh, the average heart rate for a human being is roughly around 90. Uh, when they got, when they, when they put the monitor on my chest, I was well over 300. Oh my God. And this, and mind you, this had been going on for 40 minutes. Uh, I was run into, I was run into a private room in the emergency room, which quickly filled up with medical personnel. They might as well have yelled code blue or code red. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not convinced I'm dying. There is a room full of medical personnel running around. The doctor comes in and says to me, we're going to give you a shot of identity. He goes, I hear it's uncomfortable, but it's going to fix the problem. And I go, whatever. <laughs> and I noticed that, I didn't think much of it till later, but I noticed out of the corner of my eye that the nurse on my right reached up and turned the volume on the heart monitor down. Hmm. They then put, I've got an IV in that's got a two-prong on it. It's, they can stick two needles of medicine in at once and push them. I then see two needles get one in each hole. One is the adenosine, one is saline, because they hit the adenosine, and then they hit the saline to flush it quickly into you. I'm like, whatever, just what I get, whatever. So they hit it, and I'm sitting there, and I'm expecting to feel this pretty quickly. And I don't feel anything, and I sit partway up, and I'm getting ready to say to the doctor, I don't feel anything. I sit partway up, and it hits. Uh, at which point, all I could do was tears started coming down my face. It was the most excruciatingly painful thing I've ever felt in my life. Um, and I fell back onto the bed. And uh, the doctor was at my feet, rubbing the top of my feet, going, don't worry, you know, you're going to be fine. We're not going to let anything happen to you wasn't until after this, you know, and it lasted for about a good minute and a half, uh, and then I was fine. wasn't until after this that I found out why they turned the heart monitor down and what adenosine actually does. Adenosine is like hitting Control-Alt-Delete on your computer and rebooting it the hard way. Adenosine oh. actually completely stops your heart. Technically, I was dead. Wow. Uh, it stops your heart uh, for between, I think, 30 seconds and a minute. And then it restarts your heart. But what happens when your heart is stopped is it's not pumping, which means nothing's working. Except I'll let you know now, your brain. Uh, but your lungs don't function. Um, so it, it creates this enormous pain and pressure in your chest. Um, and it's scary. Um, so after all of that... Um, run a bunch of tests, have to see a cardiologist. Uh, I found out that I was born with a congenital heart defect. Oh, wow. Um, and that, you know, we tried to monitor it uh, or tried to treat it with medicine. Uh, the medicine wasn't helping and was just making me sick. Uh, so surgery was the last option. My dad was still alive at the time, and, uh, and he had a bunch of cardiac problems. He actually had a pacemaker put in. 
And uh, and he had said to me, you know, just get the surgery. Like, just get it done. Just get it done, you'll be done with it. And I'd kind of put it off, and then um, August of 2009, my dad died. And, um, you know, it was kind of, at that, I was like, you know, dad was probably right. Like, I'm done with this. So I actually had the surgery um, December of 2009. Now, what type of surgery was it exactly? Uh, they call it a cardiac ablation. They go in uh, on both sides of your femoral arteries in your groin. Uh, and in essence, they weave these things up into your heart, uh, and they microwaved part of my heart. It, this is the way they describe it, but so that people can understand. The, they microwaved the part of my heart that was malfunctioning. Wow. The defective part, uh, so that these episodes couldn't trigger anymore. Now, since you've had this... Uh, procedure done is everything okay have you had any more episodes everything's um good uh i have not had any more episodes i there are times where i can feel it trying to start uh where i can feel like uh, i can feel the initial impulse of it where it's trying to do it but it can't anymore wow mm. <laughs> did you ever man i don't even know how to did you ever think uh, I'm not going to wrestle again, or I mean, how do you come nope. back? Wow. No, I mean it was I mean, it was it was a huge concern for my family. Now, mind you, I had that heart surgery. I went. To, I was only out of work for a week. I went back to my normal job a week later. And uh, what which shocked everyone? They were like, "You just had a heart surgery." But I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." I'm like, <laughs> the, "The incisions are healed. Who cares?" Um, you know, it was a huge concern for. My family, especially when I was diagnosed with a heart condition, there was a concern about me wrestling. And I had actually asked my cardiologist, I said, look, I said, is there an issue with me wrestling? And he looked at me and he said, have you ever had an episode while you're in the ring? And I said, no, and that was the God's honest truth. I'd never had an episode in the ring. Right. And he said that I don't see a problem with you wrestling. Wow. And then after I had the surgery, I was out of the ring for uh, at least a good four weeks. Um, and I said to the cardiologist again, you know, I'd asked him prior to having the surgery, you know, do you see an issue with me wrestling after the surgery? And he's, he said, absolutely not. So. Wow. How long How long before you wrestled again? <laughs> it was probably four weeks after surgery. Four I mean, weeks for, after. For me, for me, I mean, after heart surgery. I mean, for me, the concern was just with the incisions, <laughs> where the incisions were in my femoral artery. Wow. You had heart surgery. You take off four weeks. You have just earned yet another level of respect from me. Yeah, I mean, times, times 12, wow. man. Wow. That, that is an amazing thing. Dan, I believe you had something? No, she, that, she, I asked it. I, she answered it before I even finished asking it, man. That was it. Well, there you go. <laughs> Missy, I want to thank you. I didn't know we were going to go into a pre-med class here. But hey? Thank you for the education. I never know exactly what we're going to get with you, and I have to tell you, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Now, before we bid adieu, what do you have coming up for PWS? Uh, we have a show this Saturday at Belleville High School in Belleville, New Jersey. Uh, I will not be wrestling on the show, but of course I will be there. Uh, featuring, uh, you know, Hacksaw Jim Duggan will be there, 
Uh, mm. PWS champion Bonesaw, Kevin Matthews, the drunken swashbuckler. Don't everybody worry. Starman will be in attendance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> amazing Reds on the show. Trent Beretta, uh, Dan Moss, Devin Moore. Um, God, Craven the list goes on. Craven Varro will be there. Matt McIntosh. Um, Mario Bacara, uh, who's undefeated, uh, will be there. That's this Saturday at Belleville High School. Um, Bell time's 8 o'clock. Um, I don't know when the next bombshell show is, but if everybody checks out ProWrestlingSyndicate.com, you'll stay up to date. Now, where can the fine people find you, Missy, as they follow you through what has been one hell of a career? Um, you can follow me on Twitter at, at Wrestling Missy. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at, at Wrestling Missy, the number one. Uh, you can find me on Facebook under Missy Sampson. Uh, that'll about do it. Missy, again, I want to thank you for your time and thank you for being so open about what had to be. Well, I guess it didn't scare you as much as it scared Dan when you were telling the story. Because... <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I no, never... you know, I pretty much tell you anything. I, you know, it's whatever. I live my life in such a way that uh, there's not a whole lot I won't talk about. So, never having a pork roll and cheese on a bagel ever again. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he, did he did do that this weekend uh, when he was up here. Now, uh, one last question: How's Kekoa doing? I haven't heard much uh, come from his way. Is he walking on it now? The injury. Uh, no, he's still not walking. Um, unfortunately, um, about a week, week and a half after surgery, Keiko developed a blood clot in his leg. Yes. Um, which has set back, um, some of his recovery. Uh, he wasn't really allowed to really put any pressure on it. They've given him blood thinners, uh, to try to get rid of the clot. His foot is no longer turning purple and swelling. Um, yeah, yeah, that's been the past couple of days. He's, you know, his foot's been normal a little bit. Um, so he, you know, he's just getting to the point where he can um, put his foot down. Um, you know, he can't put full weight on it, but he can. If he can stand, if I take the, you know, if I take his crutches, he can stand up and stand there. Um, the other day, he did call me uh, down. I was up in my room. My room's on the second floor. Uh, he did call me downstairs, and I got downstairs, and he was in the kitchen. Uh, and he did hobble and take uh, about three steps from the kitchen counter to the kitchen table chair, uh, you know, very gingerly hobbling on it. Uh, so that was, you know, that was kind of a nice, uh, a nice change of pace, nice little, nice little surprise there. Um, but he's still going to physical therapy. Um, unfortunately, he's still out of work at his normal job. Um, so, but he's doing okay. I mean, his spirits are high. Um, his stomach is getting rounder. Um, he's play, downstairs playing video games as we speak. <laughs> well, that's good. Pass along our well wishes to Keiko. I, I absolutely we certainly, will. We certainly do want to see him back in the ring, but we want him to be, uh, obviously. I'm so upset his mom didn't call and ask me questions. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, this is Keiko's mom. I have a few questions for Missy. First time I met you, I made you a ham. Anyway, um, you, you, you took me way off base with that, Missy. But thank you again oh, for no, coming on. It. I don't know. I, <laughs> old <laughs> moms make hams. That's that's the moral of the story. That's true. But, His mom's never cooked for me, just for the record. <laughs> well, next time she sees you, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna get her to make hams. 
Anyway, Missy, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for giving us your time tonight. Thank you, and any time. And uh, now you guys have to do me a favor. Okay. Shoot. Your next guest is Kimberly, correct? Yes, yes. she will be on, yes. When she calls in, you have to tell her, I said hello and I miss her. Okay, I can, I can, I, I will pass along that message. Missy Perfect. says, hello? And she misses her. And you miss her. Got I'm it. writing it down right now. But Missy, you have a good night. Make sure you follow her at Wrestling Missy on Twitter. And I can't wait till the next time. Who knows what we'll talk about. You got it. I'll talk to you guys later. You guys have a good night. You too now. All right. Bye-bye. We're enjoying this episode of Ladies' Night, aren't we? Oh, that was... I said before she came on, every time she comes on, it's funny and amazing at the same time, and that was no exception. They found out something new. I I cannot believe still all that that I heard this time. Jeez. Unbelievable. You know it's Ladies' Night when Missy Sampson kicks things off like that. Of course, Kimberly will be coming up... In a little bit now, Dan, we have other news to attend to. Of course, this past weekend was On Point Wrestling Presents Throwdown. And what an event it was. Kicking things off, Dan, it was a battle of debuts. It was Too Hot Steve Scott, who takes selfies during the entire match. A lot. Taking on the debuting Preacher Phineas James with Arlene, of course. Now, what do you have to say about this match, Dan? Um, it went too quick. And, uh, I mean, that uh, in every way, it just happened really quickly. And uh, Well, what happened afterwards, though, we saw the return of one of the hate club. Oh, yeah. Na- hatred taking care of Too Hot Steve Scott when he wouldn't get out of the ring. And, he, and you say take care of him. He almost threw him through that ring. I mean, literally, with that much power, almost killed the guy. Certainly. Which I'm fine with, because he's Cert- not nice. Of course, uh, Matthew Ryan Shapiro, the liaison to the board of directors, did not appreciate Steve Scott not, not getting out of the ring. But it was a win for uh, Two Hot Steve Scott. There, now, as we, uh, as we move on, uh, Shapiro did make the announcement that the match between Oz Tyler and Josh Crane is a part of the OPW Championship Tournament to come up later on. That was his uh, entire entire uh, reason he came out there. He went to the ring clear so he could make that very important announcement. 
Of course, True Blood beat Pinky Sanchez at the anniversary show to move on. Now, Stan the Man Styles came to the ring. He won by countout over Ryan Castellucci. He insisted upon the 10 count, did get the win. Castellucci was not in the building, so he got the win. But coming out to take up the challenge was Caveman. And what ensued was probably my favorite match of the night. I yeah, I don't think uh, Stan anything Stan Styles would have done would have prepared him for the caveman. He very unorthodox and throws you off your game every time you try to get on it. Well, caveman did pick up the win with the five stone splash. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and he is your winner, caveman, uh, picking up the quite impressive victory. Uh, the next match was Joe Gacy. Latin Dragon, Corey Havoc, and Joey Janela in the Fantastic Four-Way. This was one fall to a finish. Janela winning with a, a superplex off the top rope. That was another one of those matches that uh, it, it, it just ended so quickly. I didn't, I didn't personally Don't have time blink, to take friend. it in. Don't blink because yeah. it might be over. Oh my, it was quick. It was quick, but Janelle, they're not getting paid by the hour, Dan. They, they, no. If they can pick up the victory, they will certainly do so. It's salary. Get in and get out and go home. That's right. The next match, you join me on commentary as SoFly, Mr. VIP, LJ Cruz took on Mark Angel. And LJ Cruz was victorious with the fly by night. And I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that. Uh, anytime Mark Angel loses, I'm ecstatic. I'm just... I'm just ten times happier that it was LJ. Let me go ahead and make a note to book Mark Angel for... Oh, please. Oh, no, please do. He and I have a lot to talk about. Bring it on. Why don't you book him for your Obey the Puck? My hockey show? Yes. Why, why don't... Not, that wouldn't be nice. He doesn't have a lot to stand on this week. Now, the throwdown continued with EYFBO taking on highly entertaining wrestlers, and this was the tandem of Drew Blood and Xavier Cross. Blood has gone on record saying this was his favorite tag team match he's ever been in, and perhaps the best tag team he's ever faced in EYFBO. Listen, EYFBO picked up the win. It was a hard-fought match, and I'll tell you what, they shook hands afterwards because that was one heck of a match. It it was a great match, and and not to use the cliche, but it was highly entertaining. Those guys put on a great show. It it was one of the better tag team matches I've seen in a long time, actually. And I was including the last couple of weeks on TV. It was just entertaining in every way. Certainly was. Then came the tournament match between Oz Tyler, Josh Crane, two 19-year-old phenoms, one, of course, from the East Coast and has made, uh, made on-point wrestling his home of sorts. Josh Crane, of course, from the Midwest, uh, wrestling... Uh, pretty much for IWA, Mid-South, and various other promotions out there. The winner picking up his first win ever in on-point wrestling and thus advancing in the title tournament to face tentatively Drew Blood in the next round will be Oz Tyler. Fantastic match. And I'll tell you what, that that match was just something to take in, something to see. It was a happening, as the great late Gorilla Monsoon would say. It it really was. It was one of the matches. It almost stole the show. Um, and if you're going to get your first win, you might as well take it in a title tournament. That's for sure. 
He saved the best from last and now possibly taking on Drew Blood in a second round happening. Now, the returning king of the underground, Scott Summers, took on the bulldozer Matt Tremont. I said my favorite match was Styles against Caveman, but my match of the night, and some people would disagree, they would say the main event was, but for sheer emotion, for sheer what happened in that ring, uh, both guys leaving it all in there, Matt Tremont asking to be taken out of his misery, not once but twice, confusing the king of the underground, Scott Summers, until Scott said, you know what, I better take him out or... I might be taken out. And Scott Summers picking up a very bloody and violent affair. It featured thumbtacks. It featured chairs. It featured a kendo stick that a fan had at ringside. <laughs> it came out of nowhere, really. I didn't even see it. It became a chain dog collar match. But needless to say, Scott Summers is still undefeated. Matt Tremont tastes his first defeat in on-point wrestling. Dan, your thoughts of this battle? Well, first of all, ask you, D, was that not one of the loudest chair shots you've heard in a long time? I've seen a lot of match matches, so... <laughs> being, I've, being I've heard it up close before, I, it was it was like that atmosphere... Not that the match was bad before that, but uh, it was like... Well, that's when things changed. Yeah, it was at a certain level, and all of a sudden, whap! Well, what just exploded. Tell the people what happened here. Matt Matt was reeling. Well, no, Matt was reeling on the outside, and Scott went for a dive through the ropes, but was met with a steel chair to the cranium for his his troubles there, Dan. Uh, It was unbelievable, and uh, it just came out of nowhere. It, It just pulled it. I couldn't even see where he grabbed it from. I'm assuming he pulled it out of the bottom of the ring. Bottom of the ring. Underneath the ring. But it was so quick, I didn't even see it coming. And then from there, it just took this left turn. And and you said it perfectly. I, I have never, in a long... Let me rephrase that. I have not in a long time seen that much raw emotion come from two men in a ring. Uh, the story they told was Amazing. Amazing. It certainly was, but not to be outdone, they had another fantastic four-way. This one contested under elimination rules. Your winner, Sam Shields. Very impressive, Sam Shields has been, only having one defeat on his on-point record. He has one in a six-way now, in a fantastic four-way. What's next for Sam Shields? That's what I want to know. Interesting to see if he gets a shot at the tournament. But also very impressive... In defeat was Danny Cannon, another one of the Midwest uh, contingent that was there. Danny Cannon impressed not only the fans, but management of On Point Wrestling. So it's, who knows, the fans were chanting they wanted him to come back. It's it, Yeah, it's one of those things where it, it's so good, you kind of wish, you kind of hope that sometime in the near future he'll be at On Point again. And, and Sam Shields... I, I I've not been able to see him in person, and, and that was the first time. And I impressive is not the word. Now, all eyes. Yeah, you haven't seen him since Midnight Sensations days. So this this had to be a a different Sam Shields that did you I saw. Did I see a Midnight Sam? Did I see a match with him? 
Yeah, you saw. Oh, jeez. Yes, yes, yes. The loser leaves. Yes, I did. That's you why saw the return it's been matches. Like, so long. When they were under hoods. Yes. Now I, I, I had forgotten, man. I'm glad you said that. Yes, yes. It has been a while since Holy you've seen. Moly. He has changed quite. Has stepped up the game. I think. Uh, I think Rockwell could have been. It was like a different person. Indeed, indeed. So. I, I, I say it all the time. It, it's it's a completely different Sam Shields, and you know we we know who the Genetti of that team was. But moving right along, <laughs> moving right along, on point wrestling does move on to awareness. This is on Sunday, April thirteenth. It's in Springfield, Pennsylvania, making their debut in Springfield. Some interesting things already are signed. This takes place, of course, at the Cardinal Coral Center, seventeen ninety nine South Sproul Road. In beautiful Springfield. Now already signed in the main event, the bulldozer Matt Tremont and Gregory Iron. Yeah, that Gregory Iron. CM Punk approved. Taking on highly entertaining wrestlers. Of course, that's True Blood. Xavier Cross with Loudy. There is a bit of history there. Back for New Moon Rising Wrestling, of course, highly entertaining wrestlers tasted defeat from the team of Gregory Iron and... Zach Gowan. So now, maybe uh, highly entertaining. This is kind of a revenge, but he has a hell of a tag team partner in the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont, for awareness. That is, um, that was quite a uh, surprise to see that not only was he going to be involved, but it was going to be a rematch of sorts for him against highly entertaining wrestlers. First time I saw him was at that New Moon show. Uh, and it, I was impressed with what he could do in the ring. And and I guess, you know, part of it was the the cerebral palsy. And uh, maybe I thought, you know, you know, maybe he can't do as much. And he, he can do anything anybody can do. That's for sure. Of course, the kicking, uh, kicking it with the kids campaign he is a part of. That's a, that's a, it's a nice thing that they're doing and um, I'm only upset that I, I know I'm not going to be able to make that show. I really wish I could be there for that. Now, also announced there is going to be a tag team gauntlet match. Already announced tag team partners assailant. And one of my favorites on the independent scene, and one of Marion's favorites as well, my fiancé, of course, the Estonian Thunderfrog making his debut in On Point Wrestling. And I can't wait for it. My guide, Estonian Thunderfrog, in On Point Wrestling. Not only that, the second team set to announce, uh, set, set to, to take to debut, Extreme Force. It's Arctic Rescue Ant and Missile Assault Ant. Oh, oh my goodness! The but they're stacking this card, aren't they? Certainly, Dan. This Whew. is going to be something else. It's a happening. I've been There's watching be... too much too much of the network, Dan. It's a there... happening. There's gonna, <laughs> there's gonna be flight patterns taking place in that place. I can't wait. This tag team gauntlet match has me so excited. I, 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 I can't tell you how much I enjoy uh, Estonia's number one wrestler. We got to get him back on for another interview. I, I, I especially enjoyed how he, how he trains, putting a goat on his back and climbing the mountain. <laughs> I wouldn't know where to begin. And and the poor goat with sad eyes looked upon him and said, I, I can't go anymore. But he said, you have to climb the mountain, goat. Uh, 
but I can't wait. Now, Omega, I do want to make note of a few things going on this Saturday. We have a rematch of one of the greatest fights in UFC history. Sunday, actually. That's correct. It is Sunday. Pish posh on me. But that's coming up on Sunday, and it is on Fox Sports 1. Am I correct on that assumption? That is my understanding. It will be on Fox Sports 1. It is headlined by, of course, Dan Hendo Henderson taking on Shogun. Who, uh, what do you have to say about this one? Do you think, first of all, that this rematch had to happen? No. <laughs> no, no, it really didn't have to happen, but at the same time, what else do they got going on? Uh, you, you, you see, both these guys are kind of at that limbo uh, situation. It, it, you know, they're not anywhere near a title shot. Uh, they're too well known to really just put Barry on a card somewhere. Um, so you know, yeah, it makes it makes sense that they you put them together for for round two. It, it, it's fine. It wasn't necessary, but it works, and, it, and, it, and it's it should be it should be a good good fight. I don't know if it's going to be as good as their previous fight. Uh, obviously, their previous fight was was very very good and exciting. Um, but this one is, you know, certainly this one isn't going to live up to that that type of hype just because that's what happens with second fights. Maybe it will, but you, you shouldn't expect it. Both these guys are older. Um, both these guys are, you know, you know, questionable how had a questionable string of last few fights. Uh, Shogun's coming off a knockout victory over James Dehuna, but but Dan Harrison's lost his last three. Uh, momentum is not on his side, uh, so. And the last one, uh, very decisively lost. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he he really needs he really needs a win. Uh, he, he certainly got the tools to do it against Shogun Hua. Um, he's got the power to, to to knock out Hua, but Hua can knock him out too. And or they could just go full zombie and just beat the crap out of each other for for five rounds. Um, We'll see. Uh, you know, if I'm picking, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm going to pick Hua because he is, is coming off a win, uh, and, and not just because just to tick you off. But <laughs> you know, no, just... no, no. I mean, you have to be realistic about this fight. Uh, Dan Henderson certainly isn't getting any younger uh, by the day. Uh, there are TRT uh, is now you can't do it, and a guy like Hendo is one of the guys that was on TRT. Is, um, doesn't he still have an exception, though, for this fight? Maybe he's grandfathered in. I'm not quite certain. Uh, but we'll see how that affects him. I, I believe I read that somewhere, that USC is allowing him to have his, his TRT uh, waiver. Well, he went into the camp, uh, and it wasn't banned yet. So Yeah, well, and that's precisely what, and it was, what, two weeks ago? Yeah, so. yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's fair and and that's fine. But we'll, so I mean, we'll see. Um, you know, it's but how will he perform off of it? Yeah, that's you know? that's what I'm wondering. But hopefully, he can turn things around. As I said, the Belfort fight, he did look uh, very went walked right in, ducked right into a head kick, which pretty much was the end for him. And then he had, you know, you could say not really controversial, but. Fights that could have went either way against Machida and Evans, uh, more so the Machida fight, I thought, uh, and that that's what started his downturn. Uh, he went from being on the card, of course, with a title shot against John Jones to kind of 
as you said, in limbo. So this is an interesting fight. I don't think it guarantees anything for anyone. Hopefully it's as entertaining as their first. Is this a five-rounder as well? I, I believe it is a five-rounder. It should be. I don't see why it wouldn't be. Um, the last one went five rounds. It's the main event of a, of a card. It should be five rounds. So it, we'll interesting, interesting note that Henderson has not won since the last fight against Shogun. Yeah, very. So. Uh, he does have a six. So this is the first of his new deal, a six-fight deal for UFC. So, of course, his contract ran out uh, at the Belfort fight, so he had to negotiate down. But uh, needless to say, this should be an interesting fight. I'm going to pick Hendo because I'm hoping he picks up the win God knows how he wins it, though. Um, right he hand. Has, he really hasn't landed one, though, since Bisping. I mean, he he has one by TKO, of course, against Fedor and uh, Babalu and uh, some fights in Strikeforce. But he he really hasn't, in the last two years, been able to connect. So it no. will be interesting to see what happens. I'd like him to win. I don't know if he can. If it goes five rounds, it's going to go to Hua, in my opinion, because the last fight, Hendo was done after that third round. He, right. He had very little left. The longer this fight goes on, the more it favors Shogun Hua. So. And the last fight, Shogun almost got a 10-8 in that in that fifth and decisive round, so uh, nearly got a 10-8 because all he did was he was in a he was in the mount position slamming uh, <laughs> yeah. Hendo for, for ages, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Anything else on this card you want to talk about? Uh, not, not really. The one fight I'm, I, you know, CB Dalway's on on the, the co-main event. Um, Semi interested in that, but not not ter- terribly. Uh, the one fight I'm looking at is is in the uh, in the featherweight division. Uh, or sorry, the bantamweight division. Scott Jorgensen versus uh, Jussier uh, Formigia. Uh, Formiza is a guy who came in, I've said before, who came in with a lot of hype and has not performed in the UFC. Going up against Scott Jorgensen, who's rarely in a boring fight. Should be a should be a decent fight, but it's buried on the prelims. We'll see how that goes. But the, other than that, I mean, you're talking about a lot of... It's a Brazil card, so you're talking about a lot of guys, a lot of prospects, but just guys we're not terribly familiar with. Diego Brand, Brando, I believe he is someone we've seen a little bit of noise from in the featherweight division. Yeah, but he's not he's not even ranked. Um he, he's really not beat anybody of any consequence, and just lost and lost to Dustin Poirier in his last uh, last outing. So maybe that's where I got that because he was on the UFC 168 card. So maybe that's where I recall the name. But that said, we're looking forward to that coming up on Sunday, Fox Sports One. I believe the coverage starts at seven o'clock. So we have that to look forward to, guys. But right now, Dan, yeah, I'll tell you what we have. Ladies' night. It's continuing, Dan. Did you want me to add something to that, sir? Well, I was hoping you would, because Ladies' Night is something that we look forward to here on HIAC Talk Radio. Our next guest, Dan, is, of course, she's part of a, <laughs> she's part of a campaign for a better combat zone. With yeah, well, I, I like luck. I'd like to know how that's going because, you know, he's the champion, but I don't see a heck of a lot of change happening right now. Well, maybe you can start off with that very invasive uh, comment, see how she reacts to such a thing. I'm not going to ask her like that. I was asking you like that. I'm not dumb. Well, she hears it, Dan. Oh, darn it. She is on hold as we speak. Now, Dan, I'll tell you what. Not only that, she is part of chicks using... Nasty Tactics 
Naughty, naughty. One half of the one half of the um, WSU Tag Team Champions. So I, I don't know what, what. When you think of Kimberly, what do you think of? She's one of the most talented and beautiful ladies in wrestling right now, and I'm not just saying that because I asked that first question, Sophie, but she's one of my favorites, and it's been too long since we've talked to her at last. Almost two years since we've last talked to Kimberly, but she will be joining us right after this. Joining us at this time, she is, of course, one part of the campaign for a better combat zone. Not only that, she is part of Chicks Using Nasty Tactics, one half of the tag team champions of WSU. It is Kimberly. Kimber, how are you doing here tonight? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We are doing well. You're, of course, talking with Dan and Omega as well. Now, the first thing I have to say, I have to get this out. Our guest earlier tonight was Missy Sampson. She says hello and that she misses you. Oh, I definitely feel the same. I love Missy very much. <laughs> yes, yeah, so she does miss you. Now, the first thing I want to talk about, last time we had you on, you were still, you were kind of in limbo. You were uh, just getting done a run with the Runaways. Of course, uh, Gacy and Slater, they imploded, so you were no longer there. And you started... With the campaign for a better combat zone, what has that meant to your career? Uh, teaming up with now, he is the CZW World Champion, Drew Gulak. Well, for me, it was definitely, um, I think, an awesome move for my career. Um, Mr. Gulak being somebody who is one of my trainers and also kind of a mentor figure to me, and um, getting more opportunity to work with him has been great. All right, so... Working with Gulak now, has he still had this mentor-like figure with you? Oh yes, all we, me and him, talk fairly regularly, um, just about the campaign and other things too. <laughs> all right, so uh, Gulak has been uh, very uh, key in your career in this point to for CZW. Now, some of your battles in CZW, you you've been up against Greg Excellent for a little while, his mom, yeah. at two years ago yeah. at uh, CZW. What was that like wrestling Greg Excellent's mama? Um, getting the opportunity to wrestle Mama Excellent is probably one of the highlights of my career to date. She's an awesome woman and went out there and did an amazing job, and I'm proud that I got to have that tag match. Do you think that's something that uh, people didn't necessarily, uh, they looked at it as a throwaway match, or was that something that was really important to you and Drew and Greg and his mom? I mean, were you going out there to prove something to the crowd? Because I think it turned out a lot better than what most people thought. Yeah, I 
I think it was something that for each person in the match was important to us, and we wanted to um, have something that would be entertaining to the fans as well as um, a way to showcase uh, Mama Excellent because she seems to come around at Cage of Death mainly. But um, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed the match a lot, and I think it turned out really well. Do you have to take it easy in the ring with uh, somebody with little training, or did she have enough to where you could have just a regular comfortable uh, segment with her? Oh, I didn't take it easy on Mama. She did just uh. fine. <laughs> <laughs> she raised Greg excellent, Dan. That's uh, exactly. That's, that's a, yeah, that's yeah, a, that's a very, very good point, Dean. Very good point. Now, looking back at some of the matches that you've had for. Uh, in, in in the past couple of years, because we haven't talked to you since June of 2012, uh, an interesting match that kind of went under the radar, I think, for a lot of people was Jersey Shore Championship Wrestling. Uh, you and Mia Yim wrestled in in one of the best matches I've seen, but I don't think it got out there. I don't think a lot of people saw that, except for the people in attendance. Uh, what What's it like? Do you still keep in touch with Mia Yim? Um, yes, I absolutely do. She's um, one of the best friends I have in this business. Um, I love Mia to death. I definitely remember that match. And any time me and her have ever met in the ring, it's been an awesome experience. I, in fact, uh, just wrestled her again in the um, Shine Tag Team Tournament. Um, her team of with her with Leva Bates and me with Cherry Bomb and. Also, again, awesome experience to be in the ring with Mia. Yes, definitely. I can uh, I can certainly see that. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about Shine here. Uh, you're involved with Shine. What has uh, getting that exposure with Shine, what has that meant for you as far as your career? Well, I mean, Shine is one of those companies where they really give um, women an opportunity to showcase what we can do. We're not just there to be eye candy, and that's what I love about going down there, and it's definitely been good to get myself out because it's another part of the country. It's down in Florida rather than up in this area where I'm usually based out of, and just another great opportunity and more opportunities to wrestle people I may not have otherwise been able to. Yeah, definitely there. Now, I'm I'm just looking here, and Chicks Using Nasty Tactics... That is a tag team that now has the WSU tag team titles. What's it like teaming with Annie Social to win those win those titles? <laughs> well, me and Annie had been going after those titles for about a year before we actually. Um, I mean, even still, we haven't really gotten a title defense match against Sassy Steph and um, Allison K, but. Um, you know, it's just an awesome experience. Uh, Annie is somebody who I met very early on when I first started training, and we became very fast friends and um, was somebody that I always wanted to be a partner with, and getting the opportunity to do that, and now we're champions too, it's pretty freaking awesome. So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, I'm, I'm looking at another couple of your matches. Some beyond matches really uh, come out. And, and and strike me as interesting matches, to say the least. Now, the first one, I'm looking at a secret show. You took on Niles Susia. What was that like, getting in the ring with him? That greasy... <laughs> 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 
Uh, it was definitely slippery. Uh, no, he's definitely very greasy, but um, it was a lot of fun. One of my favorites. <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun. Obviously, that's somebody I have a connection with. So um, just getting the opportunity to wrestle him and somebody I know so well, it was, okay, here's what I got. What do you have? And um, I think at one point during that match, I uh, may steal his coat and put it on and pretend to be him. So that was one of my favorite parts. <laughs> was that the first time you guys ever uh, worked? Um, no, it was actually the third time. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. So you have a little... Who who has the most wins right now in this uh, this kind of under-the-cover? Uh, uh, I do. I am 3-0. and oh. I have really? won all three times. Yes. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> There you go. So another one was JT Dunn and yourself were in, was this a three out of five falls match? Yes, it was. And we managed to go to seven falls. You'll have to oh, watch wow. it to figure out how that happened. What was it like getting in there with uh, him? Because he's, he's kind of like an internet darling right now. <laughs> um, well, this was a third, this was a third in a series of matches I had with JT and, um, Anytime me and him have wrestled, we have, we just have great chemistry and we work off of each other really well. And, uh, he's somebody who is pretty much like before a match, he's like, you better beat me up. And I'm like, don't worry, I will. And we just go out there and do as much as we can. And he treats me like an equal. He doesn't treat me like, oh, you're a girl wrestler. So that's something I definitely appreciate. Now, with your tagging with Annie Social, uh, known to push the limits uh, a little bit, and um, is that something you ever worry about, or are there no limits for you? Oh, I never worry about that. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Sorry. Go ahead, Dan. I didn't realize you had a follow-up. Go ahead. You touched upon um, wrestling, Sozio. Um it's becoming a regular thing now, and how how long before intergender matches are just the thing? You know, I don't know. I mean, for the last, especially in my last year, um, 2013, I did a lot of intergender wrestling, and it. I think it's something that should be taken a little bit more seriously just because there's a lot of women out there right now that can go just as hard as the guys and... Maybe some some of the guys got to step it up a little bit to keep up with us now. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of those guys that might have to step it up is Chuck Taylor. You defeated him at Feeding Frenzy at Beyond Wrestling. Chuck Taylor. Yes, they pe- did. Yeah, people love him. He's a PWG guy, CZW. Uh, what did that match mean to you, uh, picking up the victory there? Um, This is also another person that... Um, I was actually supposed to wrestle Mr. Gulak at that show, um, but because of circumstances, I ended up with an open challenge, and Chuck Taylor was the answer to that, and um, it was a great replacement for uh, Mr. Gulak and another person who I can say that I've been fortunate enough to get the opportunity to wrestle because he has done a lot of things and been around for a while before I showed up and so it meant a lot to me to be able to wrestle him too and then to pick up the the victory on top of that just kind of gives me a little bit more push and shows that I can do just what the guys can do and I can beat them too 
That sounds like it's something very important for you, the fact that you feel the need to uh, prove yourself as not just a, a great women's wrestler, but somebody who can uh, go with the boys. Is that something that you find you need to prove to yourself and to the promoters? Um, I just think it's always been kind of a goal of mine just to be equal. And I mean, even with the campaign and everything I stand for in that, I'm a women's rights activist, and my whole, um, I guess, focus since I've been a part of that has been the women are just as strong as the men, and we shouldn't be underestimated. Now, another match I'm looking at in WSU, this was one of the secret shows, Mickey Knuckles. What's it like getting in with a, a legend, really, of, of, <laughs> a, of a wrestling like that? Um, it was definitely something I was very excited for, but at the same time, somewhat terrified <laughs> because she is Mickey Knuckles and has done so much that it just, it really makes you want to do the best you can. And I was really, I was really excited to have that match and I think it turned out very well. All right. Now, the one question turning our attention to CZW, uh, one of the matches that I thought was a really kind of picked up momentum for you uh, was the match against Candice LeRae a few months back. Uh, going back into that match, what do you think that meant for you as far as the CZW crowd? Because all these other matches were kind of in different places, like your matches in Shimmer and WSU and that sort of thing. So this was the first time people got to see you uh, take on Candice LeRae and pick up the victory in front of the CZW crowd. What what do you think that meant for you? Um, I think it just proved that I am a force to reckon with. And, you know, me and Candice uh, had a great match. And uh, she's somebody who puts up a lot of fight. But I just happened to get the better of her. Better of her. Um, <laughs> and I think it it just shows more that I'm here for business. Now, you are part of the campaign for better CCW and all this time do you feel cuz things keep seem to be chugging along do you feel that any changes have been made or do you guys have many many steps to go Um I feel we still have more steps to take but I do feel that there are some changes being made I mean we have Mr. Gulak as the world heavyweight champion of CBW and then um, Alexander James is the current honorary junior heavyweight champion of CBW so you know there are steps being made right now we're getting somewhere do you look forward to possibly a women's title in CBW I know WSU and CBW are connected uh, DJ Hyde is, of course, co-owner of both uh, companies. Well, he's owner of CZW and co-owner of uh, WSU. Do you think uh, there might be, because there's plenty of women that come through CZW, uh, is that something that maybe you're looking forward to, a women's title? Um, I think it's something that at this point could definitely be looked at as a realistic possibility. I mean, we have enough women now that there could be a division and we could compete for a title. So I say let's do it. Definitely. Go ahead, Dan. Uh, sorry about that. I'm having all kinds of issues over here. I, I asked um, the boss, DJ, about this, and I'll, I'll ask you because I still find it fascinating that CZW has found a home at the skate zone. Um, 
how's the atmosphere to you in that building? Is it any different than wrestling in places that are built for wrestling? Um, I think with the way that CZW uses the production to transform how the um, skate zone looks, they, it still looks like a wrestling venue. And I mean, who's to say what a wrestling venue is, really? <laughs> like They're all in kind of different sort of locations. I've wrestled in all types of different buildings, and I think it's just <laughs> the way you transform it turns it into the wrestling venue, so, uh, so to speak. Yeah, it, it certainly shows when you're, especially if you're not there when you're watching on pay-per-view, it, sh- it certainly shows. Um, so, last time I saw you, you had a little bit of an issue with AJ Styles. You want to talk about that? <laughs> Um, yes, I got caught. <laughs> kind of, I almost kind of got fed to him by Mr. Gulak a little bit and mm. ended up taking being on the uh, receiving end of a Styles Clash, and that did not end so well for me. Uh-huh. What? So it, oh, go ahead. Uh, again, I'm having problems. I'm sorry, Dean. Please forgive me. Um, is everything, I'm assuming everything's okay with uh, within the campaign? Yes, everything is okay at the moment. <laughs> okay, at the moment. Okay, that's good to go. Go ahead, Dean. Well, I, w- I was just going to follow up the the question of AJ Styles. What's that like uh, for you in in your career? And AJ Styles, you're you're working that moment, and he puts you in the Styles Clash. Was that a moment you were looking forward to? Uh, to, um, to, to yeah, have that in a happen? sense, yeah, absolutely. Just because. I mean, it's it's AJ Styles, and I'm getting an opportunity to work with him and be in a ring with him, and it, it's definitely an honor, and somebody somewhere had to pick you for that part, and so I definitely don't... I try not to take any of those types of moments for granted. All right, so what's coming up for Kimberly in the near future? Uh, for CZW, uh, for Shine, uh, what's coming up for you? Well, I will be um, in New Orleans for WrestleCon. I will be down there for um, a couple different events. It's still a little bit up in the air, but I will be there. Um, And then I have uh, Shimmer tapings the weekend after that. I unfortunately will not be at Best of the Best because of that. Um, And just lots of other stuff. I mean, if you... I'm usually good about posting on my Twitter where I'm going to be when. Um, in fact, this weekend I have another uh, Beyond show that I will be around, Critical Acclaim. That's at Fet Music this coming weekend on Sunday. So if you're in the are Rhode you, Island area, that's something you can check out. Are you signed to a match for that, or you don't know yet? Um, I do not know at this time. You'll just have to keep posted. Okay, so uh, check that out. Now, Kimber, uh, where can people follow you to uh, keep up with your career and to see what's going on in your wrestling career? Um, Well, my Twitter is usually the best spot. You can follow me at Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-E, 990. Or you can also look me up on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash bombshell Kimberly. All right, Kimber. I do want to thank you so much for your time, and we look forward to seeing exactly when you and the campaign can clean up that nasty place of Combat Zone Wrestling. Not only that, I can't wait to see what happens in Shine and Shimmer. 
and see what happens over WrestleCon weekend. So thank you for your time, and good luck with everything. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. Dan, it was ladies' night. Fun as always. It's I'm. We should do it more often. I, I I like talking to the ladies. Yeah. I think that is one of your specialities. Yes, I think I do it well, sir. Not only that, we did uh, discuss the career and some of the obstacles that I wasn't even aware of when it came to Missy Sampson. Yeah. Overcoming a heart surgery four weeks later back in the ring, Dan. <laughs> for, for, I, I said I, I'd be milking that as long as I oh, possibly Oh, four years could. later, I'd still be, uh, my goodness. My, uh, well, my sister was much younger. She gave blood once and she couldn't leave her room. I'd be milking <laughs> this for, I'd be milking this for, I can't, I can't take the trash out of my arm. I'd be milking this for, for years. I had heart surgery 20 years ago, okay? Not only that, we caught up with Kimberly. And we found out what's going on with the campaign for a better combat zone. What's going on in Shine and Shimmer. And, of course, the chicks using nasty tactics. I'm glad I had an opportunity to reword that question because I really don't ever, ever want to be at odds with that woman. Exactly. Ever. She. Uh, hey, we didn't even talk about Christina Bonieri. I didn't think it was kosher because I don't think she's part of CZW anymore, so... Uh, we'll just, uh, check it yeah. up, and if we can, ask next time. That's for sure. Kimberly, friend of the show, always very friendly with me at the different places I've seen her. Now, that Mia Yim match, I would love to see that... I'd love to see that entire card come out from that Jersey Shore Championship Wrestling. They only ran once, Dan. Bandito won a title at that match. Uh, oh, wow. At those cards. He wrestled Josh Daniels and Dixie to win that title. And then Jersey Shore never ran again. Well, we were giving away tickets for about a month uh, for the next show that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, uh, I, I really thought that JSCW had a lot of momentum and it, it seemed to just kind of just fizzle. I, I, I'm not even sure what happened. If you're privy, I don't know. I don't know either, Dan. Because I'd like to see that come back. Yeah, it was one of those things. Well, you know, Fat Frank, he, he's the promoter behind all that. And right now, it looks like he's trying to get Jersey All-Pro Wrestling back together again. Oh, so wow. I have no idea. But okay. there's, so, there's so much going on up in that area, I don't know if it's uh, viable for him. Well, you got... Um, Oh gosh, BWO that's slowly coming down into that area with shows in Little Lake Harbor. I mean, it's right there. Highly um, competitive, highly Jer- competitive. Dan. Jersey Shore was running out of Hawkins, so I I, I I don't know. 
that's it's it's getting uh, interesting. Omega and Dan, uh, this is for both of you. Raw, what happened? Unfortunately, I didn't catch it. <laughs> Stuff. Omega, what's your? Uh, <laughs> uh, your it was actually a fairly decent Raw overall. Yeah, I agree. Um, the the final segments uh, with uh, Triple H and Daniel Bryan and uh, against Stephanie McMahon, I think was was well done. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but at this point, if Triple H wins, he would be going into that title match. That correct. correct. So that is a new a new um, uh, stipulation to this match that wasn't announced before. Yeah, so either way, it's pretty much a triple threat at no matter what happens. Now, do you think they just say the hell with it, put Triple H in there, and really have the hate? No. Nah. <laughs> no. No. Could you imagine? That would be the ultimate. Do, the hell with you guys. Do yeah. I? Do I oh, go ahead, Chris. You go first. Well, yeah, why would you do that? To piss him off. Well, you already got, you already got him booing. The crowd's already booing Batista. Great. <laughs> they're they're ambivalent towards Orton. Uh, you put Triple H in there. I, I think they'd root for Triple H if they had to, but I don't think they want that. I mean, you you would hear CM Punk chant so fast, you wouldn't. Your head would spin. Correct me if I'm wrong, but other than putting Daniel Bryan in that match, I don't see a way out of it unless you want an all heel main event. Right. Exactly. Do you really want to do that on WrestleMania 30? God only knows, unless you're setting the tone that this is the Triple H era of booking, because apparently on SmackDown, uh, spoiler alert. Hey, I haven't watched yet. (laughs) Well, it hasn't come on TV yet, but spoiler alert. uh, The Shield is kind of in a strange place, kind of faces now. I liked it. I liked it too. Yeah, and not only that, but there, the New Age Outlaws come out and beat down the Shield this week on SmackDown mm-hmm. with Kane. So it looks like they're going to go with a face Shield taking on Kane and the New Age Outlaws. Joy. Well, I mean, the I, I think the only thing that you can say is they're not going to put over three forty-year-olds against a. a it has to be the moment of the shield to Yeah, it that. Has I mean to be. this isn't announced yet, but it certainly is going to happen. Uh, now that I know that I don't see any reason why the the other the team DX Kane would go up. I can't either. I I can't either. Now also last week we announced some of the people that are involved in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. There are more that are announced now. Alberto Del Rio, what do you think it means to his career to be part of this battle royal? Step back. Certainly. Means his contract's coming up. (laughs) (laughs) You look at this and you just see the potential. These are the guys that... You got Ryback in there, who certainly has missed a step. Now, Big E, they have plans for, certainly. I don't know why. Curtis Axel, somebody who I think has some untapped potential. Del Rio, Ziggler, who I think his mouth gets him in more trouble than uh, than his abilities in the ring. 
Fandango is somebody who started out hot last year, debuted, beat Jericho at WrestleMania, and now he's in a possible pre-show match. That's right, this match may be a pre-show. Are you serious? Well, they have two hours to fill, Dan. Why do you have a pre-show on an internet? Uh, (laughs) Damien Sandow, Titus O'Neil, Christian, Sheamus is part of this, Big Show, and Mark Henry. Interesting. That would... I'm sorry. I think it's really stupid to put that in the... They have a two-hour pre-show. Plus a four-hour main uh, card. And then a half hour... You're going to have six and a half hours of WrestleMania on the network this year. I feel like a jilted boyfriend who knows his girlfriend's cheating but not sure and doesn't want to admit it to himself kind of thing. Why? Uh, I don't know how to feel, man. I don't know. I don't know why you would feel like a jilted boyfriend, though. I'm not... Explain I, I, that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I'd like to hear the explanation, if, if you can explain it. No, I don't have one. Okay. <laughs> I don't know about you sometimes. <laughs> you I just go... I, I feel like a... Why would you feel that? I don't know! That's how I feel! <laughs> anyway... I, all right, so I have an, I have an analogy. I don't criticize you and your stupid MMA crap. Because there's nothing to criticize. Oh, shut up. You're so perfect. I'm not perfect. <laughs> Maybe it's just my feelings on this show. That could be certainly true. All right, but... let me try to explain it. Omega. Let me try okay. to wait. No, wait. Let, me, to try, explain it let me try to explain my way out of this hole. <laughs> let me open up. Shut up. Beverage here. I don't know. It's like uh, that was the best explanation I have to feel like like it's something I really want to work out. But I think it's a stupid idea. I think the girlfriend boyfriend thing was a terrible analogy. Now that I've said it, and I thought about uh, David the Cook talking about (laughs) the Centralia Empire. There's a very intelligent man talking a very. Serious problem, and here comes Dan Law with the comment about flaming fire. Flaming fire, Dan? Flame, yes, it was sarcasm about the flaming tap water. Flaming fire. Flaming Love tap water. Come on. Is a burning thing. <laughs> I don't know. I hate you. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. I can't breathe. It's flaming fire. <laughs> Sarcasm. Sarcasm. Don't, don't you get fire. Don't you get it? Flyer flame. I meant water flame. Don't make us break you out in the ghetto. Oh my! Shut up! <laughs> right. It made sense to me in my effed up. Explain to Dean in private why my head is so messed up. Head. <laughs> now. Okay. Uh, okay. Chris, Chris, go ahead and explain uh, your thoughts on. Um, Whatever the hell we were talking about. <laughs> we're talking about six, six and a half hours of WrestleMania, I believe, is what we were talking about. Yes. Uh, do I feel like they're going the Super Bowl route, or they're going to have a? Eventually, we're going to get to the point where we're going to be at like noon, and we're going to have the WrestleMania pre 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 show. I hope so. I hope not. That has been. Hey, this is the Super Bowl of wrestling. Why not? She's cheating on me. <laughs> Do we get the the hornswoggle under the top rope battle royal? 
at maybe, that point. Maybe. <laughs> I hope. Uh, but not, uh, I don't know. I think it's a good thing in a way. I, I certainly don't have an issue with it. You turn, you tune in whenever you want, and I, I don't think much is going to happen besides a really a. I mean, come on. Well, I, yeah, I have no real intention <laughs> of watching the pre-show. No, I don't even watch the shows now. Certainly not for two hours. Uh, you know, I may tune in to like six thirty or something like that. Yeah. For a seven o'clock show, yeah, I'll do that. But I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go signing up at looking five o'clock unless there's something, nothing else on TV. <laughs> well, un- unless they put on this um, battle royal on the pre-show, then I would tune in for that. But it's a battle royal, though. What's it mean? It means nothing. Does it mean anything? Where, no matter where you put it, it doesn't mean anything. Well, why, if you're if you're pushing the network so hard, why go that route? I mean, why do you need to sell a pre-show? You don't need to sell it. Yeah. You know, there. I guess. I guess for the. I think it's just for coverage. The, yeah. I mean, I guess if, if it's for the people who haven't, who don't have the network and are doing the the pay-per-view perspective, I guess maybe the international folks. But I don't know. I mean, I just. I don't, don't understand how pay-per-views nine dollars is not good enough in the first place. Advertise. You, you get. You. You know what I mean. That I, I think that that would have been a strong enough sell point. Like they're, I, I understand what they're trying to do. They're selling to be all to be serious and not use the stupid cliche that doesn't make any sense. Um, they're they're trying. It's it's all predicated on selling the network hard. I know that, but I I feel that, that that's good enough. I guess I question the need to have a pre-show with analysis and that kind of stuff on a, for a scripted entertainment. I think it gives you, know? you a it gives you the feel of a big event. I think I don't think they're going to do it. it. Now I would have a problem if this if this starts happening with all their pay-per-views, then I think there would be an issue. But if they do it for WrestleMania because it's you know the biggest show of all. Then uh, yeah. I think there would be a problem. But if they're just doing the half hour, typically that they do now on the network instead of on YouTube, then that's fine. I, I see no problem with that. A two right. hour for most pay per views. I mean, could you imagine the two hour preview for Battleground last year? Please. Oh yeah, no, I yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it, 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 in in your point is well taken. If it if it's just for WrestleMania, fine, whatever, who cares? No, no harm, no foul. I mean, really, ultimately, it's just more content for the WWE network, and we can choose to watch or not, and we really probably are not going to miss anything. Um, I guess, I guess, what I'm saying is, I don't really need WrestleMania extended for four hours. Oh no, I I, I get that point too. Yeah, but I, I I just. I know. I just you know you're already you're already extending it four hours. I'm I'm fine. I was willing to pay for that. I was willing to pay fifty sixty dollars for that for the last several years, and so that's that's fine. But yeah, you know I'm I'm I about tap out at four hours. I mean, well sure, especially when you have a Kid Rock performance to look forward to. Oh God! Jesus, oh, I was performing this year. I don't know, but he, he has the theme song "Summertime" or whatever the hell it is. Oh, but, true. Didn't so, he just perform recently? Yeah, for that battle royal when the Divas came out, they had Sonny come back, they had Trish Stratus come back, they had all these Divas, Molly Holly, and they were 
they weren't even introduced. They just came down while he was singing, and it was awful. And a dark mark on the history of that fine event we call WrestleMania. So, guys, I think we had one heck of a show. <clears throat> Anything else you want to say about WrestleMania? Either of you? No, <laughs> not more. I'll save it for the roundtable. Yes, the roundtable will be coming up, of course, that's April 2nd. MLJ will be joining us. I'm not sure who else. Uh, so we MLJ will have... is good enough. It very well could be. It very well could be. Uh, but not only that, uh, next week, you know, I really enjoy Girls' Night. Well, Ladies' Night, I should say. But next week we have two first-time guests. We're going to have Lucky13. He, of course, won for his team, you could say, with, with an assist from the returning sick Nick Mondo. He won Cage of Death this past year. He wrestled Drew Gulak for the CZW World Heavyweight Championship the month after. He is now in Best of the Best. This will be one of his last interviews heading into Best of the Best, which does happen on April 12th for CZW. Not only that, the Greek god Papadon has been announced as one of... He did really... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He did infer quite heavily without saying... He dropped a hint. He did drop some hints there. Uh, that he would be involved, but it has been officially announced that he is in Best of the Best this year. So, Hell yeah. Certainly. Not only that, the ECWA Super 8 Tournament. Dan, one of our favorites, is involved. Matt Saigon. Do you think it's back-to-back DS? I'm hoping. Very well. I'm, I'm really hoping for it. Uh, of course, Damian Dragon is hosting this year. I see uh, maybe Damien getting in there and helping his buddy get a victory or two or three or trophy. I, I, I don't think he would get involved at all, Dan. Eh, get in there. Go for I, it. I think he would go on his own accord to win that trophy. Well, I don't, uh, think, I don't think he needs the help, but... But we'll talk about that WrestleMania. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Of course, we'll talk about the trip that I will be taking with... Matt Trema, as we go out to Vicious Outcast Wrestling that same weekend. It's a very busy weekend because you have WrestleMania coming up. You have the tri- you have WrestleCon. Jeff, oh, Jar- yes. Jeff Jarrett taking on Colt Cabana has been signed for WrestleCon. DJ High taking on Masada has been signed for WrestleCon. We'll talk about that a little bit. But Vicious Outcast Wrestling happening out there. Dan, I don't know if you know, but highly entertaining wrestling going for the Vicious Outcast Wrestling Tag Team Championship. I, I did not know that. That'll be very interesting. Maybe maybe HEW can uh, start taking over the tag team world, getting some belts. Yeah, so WrestleMania does happen that w- weekend as well. The Super 8, it's a heck of a weekend. Vicious Outcast Wrestling, a lot going on. We're going to talk about WrestleMania. We're also going to talk about uh, the trips, Three Months Truth, a lot of details coming out with Dream Month's Truth coming up on the April 1st edition hey, of Moose Knuckle Radio. What is it, Dan? Before you leave, didn't you want to uh, quickly plug uh, Double Stomp in the next interview coming up? I, I, I'm i going to do that. Oh, good. During my closing plugs. I, I didn't want you to there, forget. Dan. I didn't want you to forget. No, I know, I know what I'm talking about here. I don't. I know you don't, Dan. <laughs> I mean, it's clear. It is clear. That's <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, the way it goes around here. Now, 
as I said, oh, but our second guest next week, as I jump hip-top all around, is Lyle Williams. He is, of course, a legendary photojournalist for CZW and various other independent promotions. Uh, he will be here talking about his career in the wrestling business. Sometimes he got a little too close for comfort. Just ask Alex Cologne, just to ask him about a few Tournament of Deaths, where not only were the wrestlers Jeez. bloody, but he had a huge gash upon his head. Uh, the pictures have proven that. Some glass exploded over his head. Didn't end well for Lyle, but Lyle will be our guest <laughs> next week. I'm looking forward to that. Dan, I understand Obey the Puck will be returning <laughs> this coming week. And doing a science project with your mic? What's going on? No, sorry about that. Um, yes, we're returning this week. Uh, I'm going to cover... Um, the unfortunate uh, discovery and the passing of um, Trafford from the uh, Saginaw Spirit and uh, a Rich Peverley update. Uh, talk about heart surgeries. And I will collect a few other updated news tidbits and discuss it on Obey the Puck, Monday night at 9. And follow us on Twitter at Obey Puck Show. Wasn't time for that plug yet, Dan. I, was just... I got it in, though, ahead of time. Yeah, you did. Now later, it's about me. Moose Knuckle Radio returns April 1st. A big announcement coming up about the future of Tremont's Truth and how you can help support the product of Tremont's Truth and, uh, Truth and help uh, get it out there. Now, Omega, where can the fine people find you? Follow me on Twitter, at Omega Squad. Dan, how about yourself? Just Dan Law 83. Since you already got the plug out there. <laughs> now, of course, tomorrow, Double Stomp Video is taping their next shoot and I, I, I talked to it's with Chrissy Rivera she's been around the business for quite some time I believe uh, 2006 2007 I'll clarify that a little bit later on but I I went over her timeline yeah with her and needless to say what she wants to cover and what she wants to get out there. This isn't your normal, normal wrestling shoot in quotations. Uh, she's covering a lot of things. Uh, I felt as she was telling me uh, are very personal, uh, very personal in nature and very, uh, you know, too much maybe for uh, the fans to hear. And I, I expressed these concerns with her as we were talking about it. And she said, no, if it helps help somebody, that was where I was a very dark time in my life, then, you know, I want this to be more than a shoot, is what she was saying. I wanted to help people. Um, I'm not going to get into it, uh, because I, I think that that's better suited for you to view uh, what I feel will probably be about a three-hour shoot. Um, and we record that tomorrow at Double Stomp Studios. What does it do? I was just going to say that sometimes, uh, very seriously, sometimes the truth needs to be heard. Going back to helping people, and uh, you never know. And she might, she might help her, might, it might help her feel better getting it out there. Well, that that's part of it, kind of an exorcism. I know that's been kind of a cliched word uh, this past week, but uh, kind of an exorcism of the past. Uh, no stone unturned. There's some controversial stories. 
that happened during her wrestling career when she was involved in uh, a relationship, a marriage uh, with certain people. Um, so a lot going to come out, and uh, I, I don't say this with any type of uh, of joking or anything like that. Uh, you, you know, I said, you know, I think we're going to have to have uh, the tissues ready because. One thing about me I, I kind of do, and for better or for worse, I, I do kind of leave my emotions out there on my sleeve. And when somebody tells me a story of of, of really that personal and that, uh, you know, a dark place, I'm, I'm just going to leave it there. She was in a really dark place, unbeknownst to me, when we first had her on in, in, in like February of 2013, uh, she was really going through some tough times, but that's all going to come out tomorrow. Maybe next week I'll talk about it in a little bit more detail. Uh, but that's coming up tomorrow, so uh, be on the lookout for that. It should. Uh, there's a fairly quick turnaround with Double Stomp Video, so hopefully it will be out within a week or two. <laughs> that's such the turnaround is awesome. Well, yeah, I love it. Well, it's I mean, just, you, you're just putting out it, it's one take of a interview. There's not like, oh no, stop it! You know, we we got to get the no. It's real reactions and real. Um, but certainly, uh, also support Double Stamp Video. Go to on Twitter at Double Stamp Vids or on Facebook Double Stamp Video, and or you can actually go to hictalkradio.com uh, and check on the double, click on the Double Stamp uh, Video tab, and what you can do there is uh, see the mission statement, see what uh, the cost would be to you and what you get out of it. Uh, minimum order of 10 DVDs and uh, 10 uh, exclusive uh, posters. And there, There's a lot that Double Stamp Video will do to, for you as you continue to get your brand out there. In Chrissy's case, I think it's more of uh, getting the word out there and seeing if uh, she can help people. But that's uh, more on that at a later time, possibly once it's actually out there and people have started to uh, view this. But like I said, next week we do have Lucky 13 and Lyle Williams, CZW legendary photographer. I'm, of course, the Dean of Credibility Double D. You can find me at Folsom County. You can also follow the Twitter of HIAC Talk Radio at HIAC Talk Radio on Twitter. And you can also go to the website, HIACTalkRadio.com. If you're in the mood for some MMA gear, click on MMA Warehouse. It's right there. It's on every page. Click on it. Go shopping. Get some affliction, some tap-out gear, and you can be just as cool as the fighters you see every week. But make sure you click on that link, and if you're going to buy a tap-out to you know, go watch the fights at the Buffalo Wild Wings, so you, you can fit in with everyone. Now... Um, I just realized that the picture we have of you, Omega, you're in a tap-out shirt. True. Yes. Uh, but, I, but I didn't I, – I was bad and didn't get it from <laughs> MMA Warehouse. So. Yes, yes. Maybe you should have uh, got it from MMA Warehouse. But, of course, you can – and Folsom County is F-O-L-S-O-M-C-O-U-N-T-Y. If you're ever having trouble, I think maybe people don't know where it is on Twitter. So uh, that's how you get there. Uh, make sure you check out. We're on iTunes and Stitcher. We will have another RSS feed, so we will be having another. We actually do have another iTunes feed. Uh, more information 
coming up on that in the coming weeks as we try to cut the cord from Blog Talk Radio. I think it's a proper move for the future. Not only that, we're, uh, I'll tell you what, we got a lot of good stuff cooking here. But, Dan, I'll tell you what, 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 what do you want for an outro this week? I, I, it doesn't matter to me. What, do you, what are you thinking? Oh, man. You got that Johnny Cash thing still on there? I'm not going to play you five minutes. <laughs> good night, people. 